Welcome, listeners. Another episode of Comedy Northwest. This one is with Doug and Teresa Wyckoff, who I love because they are a couple that shares the stage. Each of them will do a set on their own, and then they'll come together and do a set as a couple, which I think is awesome dynamics. If you can work well with another stand-up on stage, that's pretty awesome. Uh, this one was recorded February 2015. Uh, this is my second episode that I've done with Doug and Teresa. Uh, if you haven't listened to the first one yet, go listen to that one. It is absolutely ridiculous. I'm pretty sure it's an after-party episode. And it's just fun. So listen up. Enjoy. Do I have a sexy time voice, Ryan? Welcome to Bend Comedy on the main stage tonight. He's not a dancer. He's not. Diamond! You don't know. He could be a dancer. (laughs) She's working hard for it tonight, lady. She's hurt that knee. She's a little (laughs) gimp, but she's going to push through. Baby pumpkin, it sounds like. Pools are cleaned in between dancers, so it's all safe. It sounds like you know this too well. On the third stage. <laughs> In the back. If you will help her. <laughs> if you will. Teresa. Wow. I'm your wife. That's wonderful. Please, you, anyone at that table, please. You need a better name, though. Even, I don't think even Teresa's going to get the tips. She'll take change. <laughs> she was going to be. stuck on those paper she'll bills. Ta- <laughs> that's the change table. <laughs> Throw your quarters and dimes on up Nickels, there. Nickels, whatevs. You know, it's hard. <laughs> It's a hard life. You've heard of penny slots. <laughs> She's a penny slot. <laughs> That's wow. so bad, sweetie. Why are we starting? She's out worth so every cent, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> all She'll three. pick it all up and never use her hands. <laughs> Not <laughs> once. So uh, I she had friends jingles who <laughs> when she walks. <laughs> oh my god. So I had friends who went to Canada and they went to a strip club in Canada, and they were talking about how because they use. They use dollar coins, toonies and loonies, right? Okay. Yes. And apparently <laughs> one of the things the dancers do is they stick the coins to themselves and then people throw money to knock the coins off as tips, which sounds what? like the absolute worst That's thing like ever. That's like abusive. Yeah. We did right? that to one of the nerd <laughs> kids in, in junior high school. Of they course would, you at did. At lunch, I didn't do it. I felt bad. Got him naked and threw money no, at him? No, the kid, somebody threw change at the kid and the kid kind of like picked it up. So people thought it was funny to keep throwing change Aww. at him. That's terrible. <laughs> I, I stood by and watched. It was like that's just. I not, stood by and not watched. Not cool. Well, it was either throwing it at him or me. It was, and I'd rather watch him throw it at him. Oh, the thing is, he came up to me were. afterwards, and he was all happy and giddy. And I saw him covered in welts and bruises. <laughs> and he's like, I cleared 15 bucks today. Oh. <laughs> Look at him looking at the bright Evil side. wins when and good men do nothing wrong. Why, why won't people throw money at me? He's probably like a millionaire That was the now. day you decided to become a comedian. And that was the day. Maybe or they'll throw money at me. It's kind of the same thing. It's same, same. Thing. Just it is the same heap. thing. Here's here's my hurdy spot. Yes. Can I have money, money for it? <laughs> Can I have money for it? Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. right, Sean. So when we're gonna start, I think I've got all, all everything set and ready to go. I th- I found I sounded a little muzzly, but I think I can deal with that. 
Testing one, two. Test, testing test, one, one, two. two there we go. All right. Three, three, four, this is very Welcome fancy. to the Comedy Northwest podcast. Uh, returning guest, Doug and Teresa Wycombe. Da, 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 da. Special guest, Sean McBride. Ooh, Not the you. Sean McBride as from prior <laughs> episodes, but a different Sean McBride. <laughs> Not the you got to change your stage name to something. <laughs> like, and what's Especially your middle initial? That, uh, it's, it's N. So I, I grew up with the initials S and M. Which <laughs> there you uncomfortable go. questions. I, I don't know. It might be pretty catchy. S S&M and McBride. I like it. S and M McBride. Not the famous one. Not the famous one. And then later you'll be what is your the famous name? one. I'm, I'm like the Walgreens. Like compare this Milt? to Sean McBride. If you like Sean McBride, you'll love Sean McBride, <laughs> blue-haired version. <laughs> you do have nicer hair. I gotta say. Oh, thank you. Yes. Dude, totally I don't know, Remembering for pictures, it's kind of like a curly. Blue, by the yeah, way. he's got long, wavy hair. He's I mean, good, he's got a good head of hair. I'm losing mine. For a Bond girl, he has very nice <laughs> hair. Um, but yeah, yours a, li- a little more clown-ish. But at the same time, <laughs> I feel like running my fingers through your hair would be like a gentle summer breeze. Oh, for the, <laughs> I didn't condition today. And smell the same. I'm As in, it's very on thin and wispy is what we're... Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> very, oh. very fine. Oh. It's like s- the sky. For those of Gossamer. you that are listening and not able to see, Sean has beautiful, beautiful blonde, almost tealish blonde hair. Brown, <laughs> blue. What are you talking about? <laughs> tealish blue hair. You're on drugs? Do you smell toast? No, I'm are not. You tired. You're the only <laughs> sober one here. There's a pillow. Just lay your head down. Yeah, okay. so I meant blue, not blonde, but it's tealish blonde if you think about it in certain yeah. ways. Some aqua. But yeah, it's let's get beautiful. back to the name thing. What What's your middle name? Neil. Neil. Yeah, named Neil after McBride. a guy who went and lived on a commune. Of course Neil? you are. Oh, Neil. No. Neil yeah, the Neil. Uh, of the course, I know the guy who, Neil. yeah, commune Neil. Yeah. What? No, no, Neil He's Armstrong. You walked on the moon. You're named you after an astronaut. Ryan? Is this a real person? <laughs> I, maybe I assume he moon. says that it's a real person. Okay, but it's not someone you know. I don't know. God no, no, it's a friend you of my parents. Job. Oh, improv. Yeah. Just played along. I was believed yes, it. Yes, and. <laughs> well, look at you. <laughs> that would help <laughs> you. Improv and history. marriage. Yeah. Yes, and. Yes, and. Yeah, that's so cute. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Baby pumpkin. Uh, so I guess we should get started with the podcast in some way, shape, or form. That's, that's <laughs> we've we've already done 15. What are you <laughs> talking about? Uh, so actually, I wanted to take a second because the the episodes that I'm currently putting out and posting on iTunes are fairly old. And the episode that we recorded originally is actually coming up very soon in that rotation. Which is a year and 12 days ago. Yes, it was, it was it a year and 12 days? Actually, it no, that's still hasn't correct. come up yet. It was June 10th. I mean, January 10th. So that's a year and a month yeah, and four days ago. There you Not go. that who's counting. She's no. She's yeah. a math savant, aren't you? <laughs> no. I just She's a married today. woman is what I'm she is. So I remember <laughs> dates. She remembers every single I date. I remember that's everything. That's her magnificent <laughs> memory. <laughs> I have a superpower memory. So, yes, that's very exciting. So, so this I is actually, the first time it's going to air? Uh, I th- what I wanted to do... Well, here's what happened. Is that a year ago, said. when we recorded that, yeah. I had restarted my podcast. I put a couple episodes out. But then I got so busy with Ben Comedy and life and everything like that, it just kind of fell into the back. Happy but problems. Yes. But I, I kept recording podcasts as comedians were coming through because it's fun. And so I have this whole backlog and archive of all of these great episodes, and yours is one that is coming up next. So I wanted to see if you guys wanted to record the intro for that podcast now. 
right this very yes. second. Right this second. Let's do it. You can you flip want this out and then. Yeah. And then. What like what kind of intro do you want? Uh, I pretty much apologize for putting it out a year late. Okay. Uh, and then I pretty much just say, hey, this is a great podcast with these people. Listen up. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you're about to hear from two happily newly married people. The He and She Show. And then ask yourself, what happened to them? Because they turned into us. So this this is us from the future right now. We are from the future. I'm sitting here with Doug and Teresa Wyckoff. The um, He and She Show. <laughs> a year wow. later. So nice. the episode that you're about to listen to, we recorded January of 2014, and you guys are back February 2015. Yes. Hopefully we can keep that up every year. Every year. We'll just, and we'll air that one in a <laughs> yeah, year. We'll just keep airing one the same month one. in yeah. four days. Yes. And then we'll do another one. You know, I was so hopeful back in the 2014s, mm -hmm. the Januarys. I'm excited to hear the things we talked about. I feel like I said embarrassing things that I asked you to erase. So Maybe. We'll see that if they became erased or if we're still embarrassed or We've if I don't care anymore. We've done a lot since anymore. that podcast. We've toured across the country That's and true. moved to New York. And oh, yeah, we were living in Florida. A Florence. lot of things have changed in that year's yeah, time. Yeah, a lot of things. The child doesn't live with us anymore. He's, like, grown up. Ugh. I know. We did <laughs> three and a half months across the country, Getting 66 old. shows in 41 states. That's amazing. And we live in Brooklyn, New York now. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. All right. Intro. All right. So, all right. So, to to bring us out of this intro, bring it. What would you say to January 2014, oh. Doug and Teresa? Wow. Wow. That's so. That's really deep. It's like we're time travelers. I would say, uh, you feel like you're stuck in a small town right now, but it gets better. You get out in the real world, and it's big and beautiful, and you meet lots of comedians, and it's going to be really fun for you. I'd say it's going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. Everything's real stressed out that, that time for your aim. You can even let me finish my saying. <laughs> you have to interrupt me. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop talking for one second. Pass Doug. It'll still continue. <laughs> <laughs> slap her early and <laughs> slap her often. <laughs> Well, like Teach her now to behave like a proper woman. Start the training over again now. That's what I would tell future uh, <laughs> wow. like a southern plantation owner. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go where you gotta go. Who is this blue-haired boy in my house? <laughs> no, I think we should wrap it up. Would you like to say anything else? <laughs> I just wanted to tell future Doug, enjoy the ride and enjoy the moments. You're talking right. to past Doug, Take a breath. <laughs> I don't know how this works. <laughs> I'm so old now. <laughs> Th then we have people listening to this in the future that we are from now. So this is going to come. The, what we're talking about now is going to come out in a year from now. But hopefully this one will be out okay. in less than two Kay. months. Let me talk to two months from now, Teresa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> two months from now, Teresa. Uh, I hope you have some money. <laughs> I really, really do. I hope you have some money. <laughs> all right, that's all. <laughs> Cover his head with a pillow <laughs> when he sleeps. <laughs> Can I give a message to Sean? Two Please. Months from now? <laughs> so I uh, just started listening to the 
the podcast um, the Comedy oh. North and West podcast. Oh, yeah, that yeah. one. But also the the <laughs> NPR one about the guy that's in jail. Mm-hmm. And uh, I on my way here, I just finished the next the penultimate episode. So Ooh. I hope he gets out. I hope <laughs> he gets you're out. Saying He's too. talking to himself in the <laughs> <Yeah>. future. <laughs> it's gonna work out, Sean. He'll be fine. It's fine. That's, it's that's fine. all I have to say. That's not even a message for yourself. That is just you being hopeful <laughs> to for future you. The damn I like vegan to pass him on is that what it is. Hope, though. But wow. won't future you already fine. know the outcome? That's true. Future you knows. You could tell something to. If anything, you. you're just you're giving yourself false hope now to future you. Sex and positive. Future Sean you is McBride. looking at you right now, that's thinking he is so hopeful. He wants such great things for this podcast. He, but. Future you knows the truth, but I don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> but there's that way. There's no way, Ryan, that he could tell future him something that future him that would be new to future him. Well, actually, did go. future Sean record an intro to this episode we can listen to? <laughs> I I have no idea at this we, point. This is like a Couldn't we prove time travel by like movie. saying like in? Leave money in a certain drawer in the, from the leave future. Five hundred thousand dollars in my pocket, and if it's here in the future, then we know time travel is real. <laughs> oh my gosh! Look what I found! Right, <laughs> five hundred thousand dollars. Five hundred thousand. We did it, future oh Teresa. God. Okay, oh we're, I feel like we're. All right, yeah, that, I feel this. like that intro has trailed off at this point. I do too. <laughs> I'm glad that we both agree. Yes. I think, all right, enjoy the episode. So anyway, uh, listen to it. It's going to be awesome. It's going to rock your world. And if I say anything. You should probably listen to that one before you listen to this one. Yeah. But this one will be all new and And fun. And to anyone out there, if I said something offensive or degrading, uh, I was um, not in my right mind. I was going through things. (laughs) Do you want to take that thing you said about the black people back? (laughs) About the black people. The black people. You know the black people. Just in general, no, it's fine. That's I got fine. a new, I got a, a new premise I'm working on. I mean, they got the wait, whole. Wait, let's wrap up this. Are we done? We're done. Oh, we we are, yeah, we already it. wrapped up the intro. Oh, it's already. We're, we wrapped. are now Can back. Can I talk into about my new premise? The what? My, I got a premise. I want to throw it run out by. Ju- it's a but, ju- let's hear it. Okay, so they got the whole football thing with like the Redskins, right? Uh huh. So shouldn't we just call like people black people black skins? Oh my god. We could call no. Hispanic okay. people <laughs> brown skins. No. We get called we're the white skins. You don't mind being do called white. All right, you you are thinking of this issue in the wrong direction. You're going in the uh, wrong <laughs> Yeah. You're going the wrong Am way. Am I using that to prove a point? Though? Oh, I see what you're doing there. Oh, that is would it, be offensive, that wouldn't it? That would be. So hence, the red skin thing is probably offensive. Okay. So, so Doug is exaggerating his racism to make a point. Yes, is that what's happening that's right what now? That's what happened. <laughs> it's done. So he's like, if you're not so okay with black skin or brown skin, then why are you okay with the red skins? Ah, I got we did you. it, you guys. Four white people solved racism tonight. <laughs> <laughs> the sex positive man gives us the <laughs> sex affirmation. It's, it's sex positive, Sean McBride. Yes. The, the sex positive bleeding heart liberal vegan has judged. We, we did it. We he's, did it. Yeah. It's, we did. it's the only thing he'll judge all night. Yeah. Call up the <laughs> popo and the NYPD. Say stop. It's done now. You're finished. It's yep. okay. Racism's done. Yeah, We've it solved is. You can it's stop all done. killing uh, the black nothing people. Nothing left. All the black people could uh, just relax. Yeah, it's done. Legit. We're finished. 
I guess that's the end of the podcast too. What else is there to left to talk about? Let's do world peace next. Let's go, Sean. Well, we solved racism. World peace is obviously just going to come next naturally. Oh, it should just like fall in order. Yeah. Oh no, I have, hate like, the Eastern questions? Hemisphere. Do you do questions, Ryan, in your podcast? I do have <laughs> questions. He has questions for us. <laughs> All right, wait. See, I'm pretty sure you guys answered most of my questions last time. Things like, uh, you know, the basic comedian podcast. How did you get your start? How long have you been doing it? What is something you've learned along the way? Who do you admire in the business? Uh, however, Sean, Sean, I think you guys are going to enjoy this idea for the podcast. Sean Great. has never been on the podcast. You guys have. We know everything about you from the last you episode. Know. Who cares about us? We need to hear about Sean. Oh, it's okay. a Sean show. Sure. Uh, so I guess my first question is, what's a podcast? This... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he just knows he's speaking into a microphone in, in your living room and we're all talking. That's it. That's all you got to do. It's, it's a conversation. Oh, sure, sure. You are having a conversation with us, but at the same time, you are having a conversation with millions of listeners. Millions. Well, this is common. No, with millions. dozens of listeners around millions. my family's homes. <laughs> uh, my mom and two other people. Yes. And all uh, of our fans, which is like three more people. Yeah. So there you go. So just no, I'm so, excited. Okay, I will so, ask yeah, I will ask you my basic questions. We'll get through these fast. Guide me uh, through. What how long have you been doing comedy? When did you get your start? So I this question comes up a lot and it's kind of a weird because people always relate it to some kind of linear time. <laughs> like I've been doing it for four years. But you could do that for four years, but only hit like one open mic a week, yeah, and, or like one open mic a month, and be four years into it, but still really be like a first year comedian. Yeah. Um. So I've I've kind of I've been doing it a while and mm-hmm. have been kind of in and out. So the I'll put it to you this way: tonight was my 80th time on stage. Really? Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, so Which me, is either really good if I started recently or kind of bad if I started a long time ago. All right, so let me break it down into smaller questions. When was your first time doing stand-up on stage? My first time doing stand-up on stage was uh, was at Helium Comedy Club in Portland in March or May of 2011. Okay. When did you actually decide this is a career path that I would like to follow? Oh, uh, I think I'm still trying to decide that. Uh, as far as career path, so I wanted to do it when I was a teenager, uh-huh. but you can't just go like f- you can't go to Comedy Co and fill out uh, you know an application form like, hey, I w- I want to be a stand up and like fill it out and you get an interview. It's yeah. one of those you have to do it. Yeah. And I've I've spent a lot of my life being kind of a a shiftless, aimless layabout, and so without actually like getting off my butt and actually making it happen, it yeah. never happens. Um, so actually, I'm I'm coming up on forty, and uh, it wasn't like a, oh I need to go out and do this kind of thing. But you know, I lived a bunch of life. I've I've had a couple lives and thrown them away. So now I actually have something to say when oh, I'm okay. on stage instead of just you know, uh, like a lot of the younger open micers, they haven't done much. Yeah. So they while they have a whole wide world ahead of them, an amazing perspective and things to speak about they don't have a lot of experience missing the life experience that is in fact i was talking to doug and Teresa about this earlier tonight is i was getting in my comedy i have actually sat down with a notebook and written stuff out recently but over the last year haven't done that at all because i got comfortable with where i was and what i was doing 
And I realized that a small part of that is because I was working so hard at the business side of comedy that I, I was no longer out in the world gaining experience that comedians write shit about. So life experience, not doing comedy is part of doing comedy. Yes. Sure. Which is a weird, there's so many odd, you know, perplexing things about comedy like that that you, it's hard to explain to a brand new open micer how these things work. You're like, you got to step forward in order to go backwards. Uh, you know, it doesn't make any sense. But so when did you, when was your first non-open mic performance? My first non-open mic performance, oddly enough, was actually in 2012 uh, with, with these two folks. They, oh, nice. They asked me to, to come out we and a do a, a guest set. Yeah, they... Uh, so we, I was trying to map this out for someone last night of how I actually met you guys because it's... Uh, Our stories are very intertwined. Yeah. So I, I went to uh, a, a nerdcore rapper show and uh, introduced a friend to the music of the opening act who is John Raggle or Boyd's Drum Machine who is our the husband of a woman named Beth who is a friend of a woman named Bonnie who I don't know how Bonnie knows you high school high school so web a web of network. a web Crazy. and so they were coming through town it was uh, our first he and she show actually ever really it was the first time that we did an official the he and she show in Portland Oregon and yeah. it was uh, and I didn't really know any even though I'm from the Vancouver, Portland metro area, I didn't really know any comedians there because I never really did comedy there. I did it in the East Coast and then in Maui. So we were coming back, and our friend, uh, John Rago, a mutual friend from a very amazing band called Boyd's Drum Machine, very talented, uh, had said, our friend does comedy, and we're like, sweet, can you do five minutes? I don't know. I'll ask him. <laughs> And then that's how we met Sean. So we ran by the homeless shelter, picked up Sean. <laughs> <laughs> His hair wasn't blue then. It was a nice shade of, like, peach. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I think at that point I was Because you hadn't been vegan for as long, so yeah. it hadn't turned full blue yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Get> the blossom. <laughs> so he's done it's every right show yet. with us that we've done in the Portland area. And then nice. he came with us. He came in medicine Seattle last night for a showcase that we put together there. That's cool. And then came down to Ben. This is, is this your first, this isn't your first road trip out of Portland? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, I've, I've done open mics. I've done open mics in Chicago and Reno and uh, San Diego when when my employer unwittingly uh, funded my tours. <laughs> Here. But well, look at him go. He's all grown up now. Yeah. He started out <laughs> as an open micer, and he, got, he did a spot for us, and now he's a traveling road comic. Getting paid. He's <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> just, just so yes. proud of you. And he's no. actually fucking fun. Uh, can I say that? Oh, baby, yes. pumpkin. He's actually, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I was just really excited about complimenting him how well he's done. You're the one that apologized. I was just teasing you. You can use the word funny as much as you want. That's what I was afraid of. Y you got to be careful, though, with the other words. The PDA will get you. <laughs> the Podcast Decency Authority. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's a thing. It totally is. Yeah, it totally is. It's so been fun watching Sean's metamorphosis over the last several years. And it's been fun having you out with us, doing like guest sets with us on the the road, so to speak. So you were, your approach, so you're mid-30s as you're getting started in comedy. Yeah. 
What were what was your occupation when you did your first open mic? Still is. Uh, I've 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 had the same job forever. Um, Which is? I, I, hmm. I don't want to talk about my employer because I in no way because like poo poo pee pee caca words come out of my mouth. So I want to in <laughs> no way represent myself as being any part of. What do you do? Uh, what do I do? I design cell phone networks. Oh. That sounds very complicated it's and intelligent. It's mobile, isn't it? I, I make maps. Verizon. Verizon. Sprint? Sprint. AT&T. Oh, my goodness. Poor Kai. Ameritel. Look at him. He looks so scared. He's uh, <laughs> out all these names. Don't say. Don't tell us. Don't don't you don't us. have to. You don't, you don't have, have to. to. We don't want to ruin your life. What the, what's the one they sell at Walmart? Is it Smart Choice or Smart Lingo? Oh, uh. Are you going to just pick phone? one? Track yeah, phone. Tr- I track think that's phone. what it is. <laughs> track phone. You work for track <laughs> phone. I work for track You set up phone. networks <laughs> for track phone. Okay, actually, but what it he just five. answered right now, though, is probably the smartest thing you can do if you're going to get into comedy. There's so many people that, like, get on stage. Oh, they're yeah. like, okay, I did an open mic. Uh, I love this. Uh, I quit my job, <laughs> and I'm doing comedy full time. Yeah. Don't do that. No, no, that is horrible. Keep your day job, and then you can do comedy as much as you still can, more than anybody. And yeah. The, and the key is, is to, if you have a good job at a car, your comedy career has a, ra- a lot higher opportunity of making it than if you just quit your job when I'm doing comedy full time. Because like, well, you know, uh, I've done open two open mics. Uh, when do I start getting paid? Uh, yeah. We when does the money flow? You can get paid pretty quickly, uh, but. You need to find uh, a landlord that'll take drink tickets. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, there you go. or it's a show Which at a It's a surprisingly place. large amount. <laughs> we, we, yeah. were, we were doing a show, and we were not going to talk about where the show was. Somewhere in the greater United States of America. Oh, that place. I know. And we, were, uh, we, we came in, and we like to use local comedians, even just for a couple of guest spots, because sometimes we do the full hour and a half, two hour show, but so, you know, it's fun to ha- meet local comedians. We actually perform with over 100 and some. Oh, there you go. And we were so excited. So we came into one town, and we're like, well, you know, if you have any, we noticed that you do an open mic. So if you, if you want to have some comedians do like two or three minutes for our show, that would be great. And she's like, oh, I can't pay them enough. And I was like, what, wh- why would you have to pay these comedians that, that, that just started their own yeah. open mic to do th- two or three minutes or even five? She's like, oh, they make me pay them. So it was like they were like, they had been doing an open mic for three God. weeks at her venue. And they were like, you have to pay us. It's like no stage time for you. We have to create value for ourselves. It was like I've we talked to one comedian. I've been doing it for three weeks now. Yeah. I'm just I'm gonna be famous. I feel bad. And you might be famous, but that's. I feel bad, you know, charging ten dollars at the door, but then I feel even worse when I'm not handing over a wad of cash to my headliners. But at the same time, yes, take well, don't take advantage. But open micers, you can take advantage of open micers in the sense of, hey, I have a real show that you get just as much time as an open mic, but you get a better audience. The the experience of that, especially that early in your comedy career, is worth more than money. Oh, I was desperate for that when I first yeah. started. We both were. I mean, we that that was everything for us to get real stage time in front of real people. Yeah. There's you. There's no, especially like like, like let's say in New York. When we do open mics there, you know, we just moved there, don't know that many people, so yeah. we go to open mics to try to meet other comedians, which is a great way because that's the only people there yeah. is other comedians and open mics. So you go to an open mic in New York, and it's like 
30 comedians that hate other comedians. No, yeah, it's not true. They don't hate other comedians. People laughing and yeah, when they're all comedians, woo. Then you're oh, like, yeah. okay, that's, so that's for probably funny right there. So for yeah. them to do like a showcase or something where there's real people is yeah. invaluable because it's a whole different ballgame performing. But if you know, if you perform in front of only comedians and you get a laugh, then you're going to kill at a regular show. Mm. Yeah, exactly. There's, and I, f- I feel bad doing this, and I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, is that all of the people that come through Bend Comedy and do the open mic are, I, I, f- I am, I am mm, not spoiling them, but they have no idea what it's like to actually try and do stand-up comedy in a big city. Because we have our open mic, we have never maxed out our open mic list for a night, um, everybody who comes in gets their time, does really well. I take them under my wing. We have this writing group. And from the second they decide, hey, I want to do stand-up comedy, I hand everything to them, which is nice because it makes it easier for them to focus on their comedy and writing and everything and like gross, that. And so you have more comedians yeah. here and all that good stuff. But at the same time, I, I am holding up these little pea plants and like getting them sun and shade and water and a nice breeze. When in the big city, they're growing through a sidewalk and fighting for lights yeah. and water and all of that crap. And it makes, it makes I've noticed comedians there can grow really fast in uh, places like bigger towns mm-hmm. like New York or well, yeah. The comedians. Or they don't make it at all. It's one of the. Most of the people at open mics in New York, I would say like 90% aren't from New York. Yeah. And most of them are traveling headliners. Yeah. And they'll be like. To be at an open mic. It's crazy. So for someone to come up through New York as like, I started doing comedy here at open mics. And then. So it's like all of a sudden they're competing with people that are at like, you know. That are touring comedians that just. Seven to ten year level in their comedy careers already. And you're trying to just start. Yeah. So the ones that actually make it through are really good. And honestly, it's weird doing an open mic uh, in New York sometimes because it's just like, you're all amazing. And you'll go to other places in other towns that are like, let's say, maybe bigger than Ben comedy, like Bend comedy scene. Um, I don't even want to say Portland because Portland has so many great comedians. But you'll go to another town and it's like there's like 100 comedians and, you know, some of them are really funny. But you go to New York and you'd see the same amount and almost all of them are destroying, yeah. you know, and it's been really interesting to watch. I think it makes us have to up our game. Well, and see, that's the thing is that in New York, there's, <coughs> you know, uh, only so many open mics per capita as where in Bend, we have open mics and showcases and all this other stuff, just ample supply. Uh, so people here don't have to fight and work so hard before they even get on stage to be good comedians here, like even just open micers. So like the open micers that you saw tonight, all of them were getting laughs and doing really well, which is really surprising. Yeah, it was good. Because usually half the people have no idea what's going on and the other half are absolutely hysterical. But I feel like, and again, this is the catch-22 of my spoiling of these people, is that I, I hand them everything, I give them everything they need and push them, um, which is turning out great results, amazing comedians, great writers. Um, but again, they haven't had to fight for it. 
Well, if they continue and they decide, okay, it's time to to leave the the wonderful comforting womb of Bend, Oregon, <laughs> and uh, I'm and go to right, yeah. and go to birth themselves in L.A. or Seattle or Portland or New York or yeah. what have you, then they will have to fight. And that's when you find out is this something I really want when you have to fight for it. Yeah, because no matter where you end up going. Even if it's L.A. or New York, and it doesn't matter if you've been... I've been doing comedy 20 years, or I'm a headliner. You start at t- the... Lo- you, you, get, you start at li- in, in line at the very beginning. Yep. Because yeah. they don't know you. They, they don't, don't know, know you. who it's you like, are. It's like, we'll do an open mic. Do three. So you do the three minutes. Oh, okay. Uh, I do a showcase. And then the, you just keep working your way right up through the ranks. Yeah. So you have to you start You can go faster, over, but yeah, you have to start... It is kind of nice to build up a bunch of skill and then go somewhere else where they've never seen you before. Yeah. And they don't have any kind of preconceived notion. That is And nice. then just perform at the level you're at versus being watched by people who have watched you for the last several years. And they're like, well, you know. It's, it's true. Dan. He does what Dan does. We honestly yeah. get more respect in New York than we do in Portland. Yeah. Well, we don't know anyone in Portland. I mean, you can't. That's, doesn't, that's not like a good example because we've never really done comedy in Portland. I mean, we've done our show. But we haven't, we've done our show there a few times, but it's not like we, you know, like went through the open mics there and like, you know, got to know the scene or tried to do lots of shows. So I don't think that's like, we get more respect just because we're out all the time in New York when we're there. Yeah. And I don't even know if we get respect yet because no one knows us. Bullshit. We just demand respect. (laughs) Oh, baby, pumpkin. (laughs) You're so confident. Um, But anyway, but we're... I, don't, I feel like this came back to us instead of Sean. I feel like we should throw it back to oh. the blue-haired boy. No, no, it's fi- uh, you know, Portland. Portland has a very active, vibrant scene, but <laughs> when new people show up, you kind of you don't have the right smell on you yet. So there's there's definitely a sense of other that you have to fight through a little bit. You mean? A but I think that's probably the same in any comedy scene around the country. Everyone, it's the same, you know, hundred people, or. That's what's different about with New York. It's yeah. the it's this it's so many more people that it's it's there's no you know being one thing that we found that was kind of fun and you un- unique to the world of comedy is that wherever whatever town we would go to that had a comedy scene mm-hmm. is there would be they would have their own drama they would have their own cliques they would have their own issues and they'd want to talk about it and it was like their own comedy drama. In New York, it's like there's so many people that there isn't really that. No. There's no real clicks. There's no real comedy drama. I there's bet no that's really nice. It is so kind of refreshing. Here's, here's what sucks about that. But it's ben. very competitive. Is yes. that it is, there's very little drama here. But that's good. 100% of the drama is pretty much coming from one person. And uh, is that you, right? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I like make sure that it stays that person, yeah. and then it won't be you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I Well, see, that's the thing, is I'm afraid of what would happen if I didn't have this nemesis. Like, Keep a nemesis. Find, <laughs> Keep yeah. your nemesis. would always find something else. There's always going to be something. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. People I can handle. It's this one person. It sounds very dramatic. Oh, it is. Uh, this yeah. one you person. I know somebody. You want me to fight? I, <laughs> I know somebody. I can help you. We've been in New York now for a few months. We know people. I know a guy. We know a guy. that knows a guy. He's up in Jersey. He's up in Jersey, but I know a guy. Oh, you know a guy. You know the guy. You know the guy we know. You know he's up in Jersey. You know him. The money's right. He'll travel. Oh 
Honestly, though, that's one thing that we have found as we traveled across. There's, there's pretty much every town has a comedy scene. Yeah. Some are larger than others. Some are, are smaller. Um, and there always seems to be a certain level of drama. Some places it's really small, and the group, everyone gets along, and they all share the posters, and they all just work together, and they have... You know, happy, happy, nice. happy, and then some places there's like these one kids sit on this side of the aisle and the other kids sit on the other side. I think of the we've aisle done shows where people were like, "Oh, you booked them. I can't do it too." And we're like, "We didn't know. We have no idea right. who like your people are. We didn't know that we booked your nemesis so much drama. to perform with you." Well, I think some of that comes from having like gatekeepers. Which the clubs for a long time have been the gatekeepers, whatever yeah, the booker, whatever true. secret mm. sauce they use to bring people in. And you see that kind of drama between clubs like uh, in in this big city where there are two comedy clubs, they kind of have this mutual disdain for each other when, you know, one is perceived as the Heinz and the other is the Hunts Club. It's it's hard. Yeah. It, that kind of will filter down Pepsi to Pepsi versus Coke. Yeah. And that'll filter down to the comics who are working in that area. And as they're trying to get on stages, and really, I mean, the people down at, at our level, we just want to get paid. We want to be able to do this. Comedians yeah. just want to do comedy, but there's people who are in this business who are there just to admit, take advantage of comedians and the new people coming in and who haven't done enough time to yeah. know that they're getting taken advantage of. Seems so yeah. negative all of a sudden. What you're saying is we should, all open micers should be paid. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what we're saying, Sean. No. Absolutely. Yes, Sean, you should take this on yourself. $100 an open mic. <laughs> $100 per open mic. Uh, oh, God. For every three minutes you do. So it's funny. Please send purchase orders minutes. to open mic. Actually, you PO start box. with $100. <laughs> and every time you say a lie and no one laughs, we take away 50 Ah. <laughs> Just... The pile and of money on the table. And then yeah. for other things. And then you owe us a dollar every time you talk about your penis at an open mic. Oh, no. Who, Sean? <laughs> no, everyone. <laughs> Sean has a at penis? At that point, if you started this system, everyone would come with the hope of getting $100, and they would all leave having paid, like, 50 <laughs> Yeah. See, there you go. And then penis jokes would just suddenly go downhill at open mics, which would be shocking. Things would be very classy. That's a standard. It's like, how can you have an open mic without people talking about your penis? What's the next question? Yeah, please? let's keep going. I feel like it got negative. It did. No. Yeah, did not. We were talking about we were talking about drama, smaller towns. That was my so fault. I brought that up. There's drama in every town, and I would suggest that maybe. Uh, what you suggest? Tulsa is a good town to do comedy. Bend is a good town. <laughs> Tulsa was fun, actually. <laughs> that was a it. great town. That's yeah. about <laughs> it. Those, some those good two cities. That's about Portland's it. Portland's too many places. really good comedians to do comedy. Its, it's too many good people that are funny. There are certain things, like Sean said, that there are clubs that won't let certain people do. You can't work at this club if you come to work at our club. Yeah. And there's certain towns that are like that and comedy clubs that are like that. But as comedians, we're not allowed to, to talk about that because we don't want to burn any bridges. Right, <laughs> Teresa? See, here's uh. the thing about Bend. I'll say this. We'll get off the subject. Is that... There's there's two groups. Uh, I take that back. There's our group and one other guy. And between me and this other guy, the first person to say, you guys need to pick a side, that person loses. 
That's all there is to it. <laughs> they will lose the support of every single comedian in the community if they try to do something like that. And I, I mean, I know everybody's more on my side, but if I say that, then I become the bad guy. I become the dick in the situation. So I, can, I can't do that. So I have, you know, comedians that I have brought up working for this other person and it's and I he's a he's just a horrible human being that's all there is to it and it's frustrating how do you really feel Ryan I feel like you really haven't let us know your emotions I'm gonna this. cut this part out are you <laughs> I'm cutting this part out what do you cut out what? Uh, you can't know that's too big of a laugh it's late <laughs> We're, we're hey it. hey Sean. Roll so next question. Uh, see, I tried to get it to go. Oh god! Fucking oh, stuff up. Uh, let's see. Next question would be something along the lines of, "What is your writing process?" What's my writing? Uh, so Ooh, that's good. Uh, wow, writing. The, the, there's a, a process <laughs> with writers. Okay, um, so there's there's two ends of this spectrum. There's the non-writing process, which you seem to be more. Uh, no, I, that, that's that's all all, all uh, funny funny games. Um, no, I, I do actually write, um, <laughs> which just sounds like I'm trying to like sell you. No, no, really, I actually <laughs> thought of this stuff. I write. What do you think are your three weaknesses? <laughs> um, number one, I'm decisive. I was gonna mm -hmm. go biceps, triceps, and maybe quads. <laughs> you need to. I mean, <laughs> actually, he's an amazing. Uh, is it strap lining you do? No. Strap lining? Flat lining, the tightrope walking. Tra trapeze. trapeze. Are you talking maybe. about my secret circus skills? Bungee cording. We don't want to. Slack lining? Slack lining? No, no it's. Uh, I, d I don't know what he's talking about. It's, I, I, so I actually. Fire juggling? Is that it? Is that what you do? Lion taming. <laughs> Panda tickling. Kit, kitten juggling is that the is that what oh you do? My God. That sounds dangerous. With, with a chainsaw, that's the worst. <laughs> no, <laughs> juggling <laughs> kittens, <laughs> and each little kitten is juggling three tiny chainsaws. The how how exciting and adorable would that be? <laughs> Can you get us into your circus so doing bad. that? Are you are you in the circus? Uh, <laughs> Let him answer. <laughs> <laughs> this so this whole podcast is about Sean. Doug, keep going. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I, I'm tasting toast. Am I, I think I'm having a stroke. <laughs> Do you smell almonds? <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> Pencil shavings? Yeah. So uh, we're going to jump back to writing process. So actually, like every Tuesday before my circus class, I go and I sit in a coffee shop uh, in Portland and, and just write. Uh, sometimes it's a free write. Other times I'm rewriting bits that I've already done. Mm -hmm. And other times I, I carry a little notebook around my pocket and if something just like funny or something that makes me chuckle or kind of go, huh, crosses my mind, I'll just jot it down and then I'll like, expand on it later on. Mm -hmm. And then it's just a matter of going and saying it into a microphone, which yeah. the nice thing about Portland is there's an open mic every night of the week. And yeah. several, Sometimes right? three, yeah. You can you, you there's Jesus. a th there's a couple cases where you can quad dip in yeah. one night. Um, I don't tend to do that myself because I, I like to be a good audience member too. Yeah. Um, and like throw myself on the open mic grenade and just plant myself yeah. and watch the whole show. But that I can't do it all the time. See, that's no the one can, Sean. Not even Saint Saint Sean. <laughs> Performing in an open mic is only half of 
the usefulness of an open mic. This is true, Ryan. You speak truth. Yeah. Uh, sitting and watching other open micers succeed or fail just minutes before and after you do is... Hopefully before. That's always well, fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is sometimes just as educational as the five yeah. minutes you spend on stage. Or more so. And watching the people that you admire and how they structure jokes. Yeah. I mean, I think I learned a lot by watching comedians that I thought were really funny and then trying to figure out how they put it together and how they structured their jokes and like even the way that they deliver jokes. And I think I learned more from that. Like I just recently watched a video of me like my third time on stage ever. Wow. It's very sobering. Painful, wasn't it? Very painful. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it was a five-minute video, and I got to the punchline four minutes and, like, 52 seconds in. <laughs> kind of like this story. So there was there was a <laughs> mic in Portland where uh, they had uh, rules, and it went around on the Internet, and people were just, like, super upset about it. But one of the first rule was, uh, if you don't get a laugh in the first two minutes, I'm cutting your mic. You're, you're Interesting. Like you're getting off the stage. What? Sounds like that. Which it's <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of cutthroat, and people were really upset about this. Like, well, oh, that's Portland. Totally there's rude a rules. And, yeah. Um, well, and there's there's more to it. Like, go and you you can find it if you go and look. It for wasn't it. a um, sex positive open mic. Is that it what you're was saying? not? <laughs> it was not a sex positive vegan open mic. Um, <laughs> Wasn't a a safe place for <laughs> gentle loving play. No hula hoops allowed. But but I kind of get that because uh, stand up comedy is a very it's it's an illusion of conversation and it's it's very fast paced and if it's taking two minutes for you to get to a punchline, you're not ready. So I can see an yeah. open mic host saying like, well, this is the rules of this it's room. It's a good way to learn. We keep it moving. It's a good way to learn, I would say, but scary at the beginning. Well, and again, doing that, it I understand that for the show, cut, cutting them off at two minutes, not getting a laugh, that is good for the audience. But at the same time, still not getting the full open mic experience that the open micers need. But if you do have three or four open mics you can go to a night, oh yeah. then if you throw that in the mix and then you go to another one where it's more supportive and loving, yeah. and then you go to the third one, I don't mean maybe that would be an interesting mix, but you're right. It would be hard if that's the only one because yeah. how could you get good? Yeah, exactly. I feel like open micers have to stew in their failure on stage in order to like it's it's pretty much it's facing your fear. Your fear is that you're going to bomb on stage and open micers that will bomb and just clam up and run off stage are learning nothing. Yeah. You have to you have to look at this beast in the face and sit there and just stare at it as the whole audience stares at you and what seems like only five minutes you've actually been standing there for half an hour. But that's beside the point. But th that's the whole thing is just there's so many little experiences that you don't even realize in open mics. Yeah, at that, that point it's like a massage for your for – your, uh your neurosystem, right? Yeah. You, you have to, like, have that full-body freak-out, and then after you do that 50 times, you don't get that anymore. Exactly. You can just stand there and stare for three minutes. Yeah. And I, I like to tell people who are who are coming into stand-up that it's, it's a very simple magic spell. You know, move the mic stand out of the way, mm -hmm. talk into the mic, 
act like it's your room for the three to five minutes, whatever your time is. And as long as you say at the end, thank you, I've been so-and-so, mm. everyone's going to clap and amnesia is going to set in. So no matter what you did with your amnesia. time, yeah, no one's going oh, yeah. to like look at you poorly or like now if you do the same same set and just stare at the room for three minutes over and over, maybe they'll think you're some kind of new wave thing and you're the next best thing, mm. but it's unlikely. They'll yeah. probably get sick of that real quick. Yeah. I I found a recent theory that I think helps open micers when I explain it is you, I mean, all comedians, it's like 10,000 hours or something like that on stage, right. right? Before you find yourself. So what I tell comedians is use your time on stage starting from here. I'm, I'm pointing at my heart for the listeners. He is. It's true. You start here and work your way out. That is how you find yourself on stage. It could take, it could take five minutes at an open mic. It could take your entire lifetime but that's how you do it. In here, who are you? Put that person on stage and then work your way out. What are you doing with your hands? Where is your mind going? And then start going with the microphone. What is the microphone doing right now? What is the microphone stand doing? What is the stool doing over here? Look at this stage right now, it's carpeted. There's a curtain behind me. Oh, there's an audience right in front of me. There is another person behind that. There's people in the back of the room. And as you start working your way out, you start learning different things, not only about yourself and how you handle these situations, but you, it's, you, know, you only think about what is in your bubble. And if your bubble just contains right here who you are, then that's all you need to think about when you're on stage. Next time, get a little bit bigger. What are you thinking about thinking about on stage? And then you start getting into the physical stuff and working your way out. Does that make sense? Is very this a crazy existential. theory? Right? Yeah. It's very deep. I feel like you could write uh, the Taos book of stand-up comedy <laughs> by Ryan. So doing the, it the Zen way. The ten thousand hours thing. That's like uh, that's the Ma- Malcolm Gladwell it like is. mastery thing, right? Yeah. Outliers. Yeah. So like, thank you, Dougie. Of all of us in the room, You're welcome. Are we at the point where any of us would have ten thousand hours of no, stage time? No, but that was the whole purpose for our tour was to to, a- and our goal was to do more time in three months than our entire careers that far. And I think, I mean, let's see, I could probably figure it out, like a rough estimate. We did 66 shows, like that, sh- that were show shows, not like we dropped in on open mic show. Are you going to try and do math and tell how many hours we've done? I'm just going to estimate. <laughs> you're not so going to figure that. You're going to help me. A couple hundred hours, something like that. No. But here's the thing: is it's not. Oh my goodness! <laughs> an hour and a half to two hours times 66. It's ten years, ten thousand <laughs> hours. It. I got a calculator. Are the is kind of the common numbers that are thrown out there. I've taken comedy classes. And the instructor told me, he said, if you are funny, you'll be ready for comedy in about five years. You'll be a headliner. You'll, you know, you will feel like, okay, I'm ready to be a comedian. I have a headline set. I got an hour. I think it's funny. I'm ready. And he said, it'll take another five years for the comedy community to catch up. And be like, oh, okay, that guy's funny. Because it just takes so long to cycle through. Because, yeah. like, the show we just did in Wisconsin, which was a, a nice theater show that we did, we booked that six months ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it cycles through, and they're like, well, hey, you guys were great. We'll have you back in two or three years. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. so that's their like cycle. Another, you I do mean, so the cycle no starts getting bigger months, and bigger for years. you to try and fit into these circles of where you can make an incoming book and... 
But I do think that it is really relative by how, like, I think it's uh, interesting the way that you calculate your time. I've been doing comedy. You don't say this is how many years. You say this is how many shows. You know, because it is that I think it is That's more, a more in legitimate number for yeah. Like a lot yeah. of people are so focused on how long you've been doing comedy, and like okay, I will judge you strictly on how many years you have been doing comedy. Yeah. When it's really arbitrary. Like, there have been some years when I first started doing comedy that I did shows once, uh, shows, I did open mics once a week, once every couple weeks. There are times that we did, you know, 246 hours in three months of comedy. <laughs> Not that I just calculated on a computer calculator <laughs> while you were talking. <laughs> Baby pumpkin. But what I'm saying is it's a good Whatever. way to do it because that's what's more real is, yeah, yeah the time on stage. Yeah. Honestly, yes. uh, honest. I think no all the numbers and hours and all don't make a difference. If the person gets up there, they're entertaining and they're funny and they put on a great show, people enjoy it, that's what matters. Well, that yeah. is so the number one So when you can do rule. that – that's when I think, you know, you'll have success. Yeah, there have been yeah. comedians, one of which, and I will mention him by name because I'm very excited. So we're doing this new showcase that we're hoping to do monthly in mm -hmm. New York City. It's called Date Night. Nice. And it's where we do, uh, Sean partook in this in Seattle. Uh, we did a hybrid version. Anyway, where comedians do the interactive part of our sh that we do in our show, where they answer dating questions. Yeah. And um, one of the comedians that is going to be doing in Portland, we saw him in Honolulu, Hawaii, when we were there. Mm -hmm. His name is Adam Posse. Oh, my God. Speaking and of so uh, good. people <laughs> you hate for their short-timerness. So, I don't know exactly how long you've been doing it, but when we met him in Honolulu, I, I swear it had been, he said something ridiculous, like a, less than a year or something. And Jesus. he destroyed up there. It was like... He did like Insanity. a 15-minute set of, of this awesomeness. brilliant callback comedy with act-outs and voices. And his and energy, and it was just constant. Just totally selling it the whole time. It the was entire, there was not one second that He's wasn't funny. He is a, f and he won, he was like, what, second place in Port the Portland's Funniest Person Helium Contest, which is extremely competitive. And yeah, and he hasn't Which been I'm doing the it. First round washout. Thank I would you. bet right now. Wow. <laughs> 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 so he's going to be in the showcase, which uh, is kind of a dream team of people mm. that we're doing in Portland, and I am so excited. And uh, he is someone that I, the moment I saw him, I both hated him and adored him instantly, <laughs> because it was like I hate you. You've only been doing this for this short amount of time, and you're, you're because what is the number one rule of comedy? Don't pass up stage time. <laughs> Be funny, but that as well. That's a good one too. And he's funny, so it's like if you're funny and people laugh, then isn't yeah. that the whole job? It's. I think that's well, what I just said. I think I said it better. Okay. I'm gonna say it one more time. Say it one more time. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I no, noticed not touching your penis is that there are a lot of younger comics that are just on the verge between feature and headliner that are trying to, like, new age comedy, yeah, uh, edgier kind of stuff. And they'll look at some of the other guys that have been doing it from the 80s, just road comics, and be like, ah, oh, that shit's so hacky, it's so old, those jokes. And I was like, yeah, but that person was here last week and had the audience rolling on the floor for a half an hour straight. Uh, you had people laughing for half an hour straight, yes, 
but you're saying this person is so much worse at it than you are. Not sure if that quite works out. You know, the question is to the audience. Th- that's where I that's, put it. Yeah. yeah. Were they laughing? Yeah. And see, that's what kills me is that there are even comedians that I will say are extremely hacky and not original at all. But like the he and she show. The, <laughs> I will. If, I'll be honest. I actually had somebody mention not you guys specifically, um, but I was like, yeah, there's this couple coming in and they do this whole cool couple thing. And they're like, oh, I bet they do these jokes and these couple jokes. And I was like, well, yeah. And people laugh hysterically at them. So I don't know what you're complaining about. <laughs> like, yes, there have been. Here, here was the stereotype. Uh, was like uh, do, couples doing comedy. There's always poop jokes. That's all there is to it. There is always poop jokes. Yeah, you guys a, have poop jokes. It's a go-to. You have to. It's a request. Well it's, well, it's not that it's a go-to and that you have to. It's just that we joke about our relationship. Yeah. And in relationships in real life, sometimes poo happens. Yeah. And so it, it's a topic. It's not because we're like, we're going to just do fart and poo jokes exactly. only. Uh, no, 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 no. I, well, you I, do I really <laughs> like it, Doug. I really like the fart and poo <laughs> jokes. He does. I try and focus a lot of my set in and around the, uh, the fecal area. But yeah. if it's relatable, that's why people... I actually really admire... I used to really do... I used to feel the same way about, like, road comics, yeah. right? I used to be like, ah, they're kind of hacky and stuff. Yeah. But there was... I think a turning point for me was watching... Um, the first paycheck. No. <laughs> when we did our first show game. No. Was watching... So we lived in Florence, Oregon, mm-hmm. right? And for a little while, and there was a casino there, and there was always new people, and it was a very hard room. Extremely hard room. Yeah. Because there's, like... Halfway uh, in the casino floor. And we perform there, so we know how hard the stage is. And the people aren't always easy either. You yeah. know, you got older people coming in. Some of them can't hear. Some of them don't even care about comedy. So we, sometimes you would see these road comedians who've been doing it 20 years. And it was kind of magical to watch some of them because it's like they had been doing it so long that they could look at a room like that and within seconds be able to be like, okay, yeah. this is going the wrong way. Get them and then get them so wrapped up in it in the show that they forget that they're in the middle of a casino. And that takes yeah. years of experience. They actually pull people off the casino floor. Yeah. yeah. And they're drawing in a giant crowd and they're whipping. They're doing it just so you're like, you're entertained and laughing. There's only a handful of like 50 different comedians coming through there that could do that. And some of our jokes are cheesy. It's true. And sometimes there are some jokes that I'm like, why are you laughing at this? But see, that's the thing, is that this person who is bringing in these casino people and killing, I bet you, if you saw them in an actual comedy club, you'd be like, what fucking hacky material? What shitty stuff is this? What do they think they're getting away with? But it's that kind of stuff that brings people in. Here's the thing, though. Civilians love it. Most of the other <laughs> the other forty five comedians that were not bringing the, those people in yeah. aren't like that. But those five guys that are bringing them in, yeah. you put them in a comedy club, they're gonna bring everybody. They're gonna kill. Those yeah. are the guys that they are can funny adapt anywhere. Yeah. Actually, one of the, one a few comedians that we really respect that have been doing it for a long time in lots of different situations. Uh, when I was telling them about our tour that we were doing. When we were planning it, thought that the would talk about how it was a good idea. And one of the things that one of our friends had mentioned is make sure that you do lots of different venues. Mm-hmm. 
and it and it's true we've done theater like on that tour we made a point to do theater shows which are very challenging and different yeah and i mean especially if they they wanted to like two acts with an intermission um and do comedy clubs and we did several comedy clubs and do casinos and do you know bars and, and small bar bars in small towns and bars and bars in larger towns and yeah. it's like coffee shops even we tried to really mix it up can we and do lots of different venues. Can we tell them our worst show of the whole tour? D- do you want to hear Please. our worst show of our whole that tour? That is actually one of my questions. Wait, oh, they're way wait, more fun. Aren't wait, those stories wait. way more Let's fun? Let's see, though. Let's see. If, uh, we have not talked about All this. All right. Of which we think which is, the is the very worst one. Of our whole career uh, or of the, the tour. Well, it doesn't matter. They're all the same. You think? for? Oh, it's the was the worst. For the tour. Okay, for the tour. All right. Our tour of... Should we say on the count of three and see if we're the same? Okay. Okay, one. Wait, wait, wait. I'm the not going to look at you. The Ryan count. Oh, okay, you All count. Right, ready? Yeah. Like one, two, two, three. Grand, Grand Canyon. Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, it's such oh. a beautiful place. I know, Ryan. Oh, you yes. would think Ryan, so. You and I do that now. Okay, worst show ever. <laughs> yes. one, one, two, two three. Summit, come, wait. I have wait, no idea. What? <laughs> He's like, <laughs> Ryan's like, no, I've never <laughs> had a bad show. <laughs> Ryan couldn't even we think of a bad show. Now, Ryan, I'm sorry. I no, I, <laughs> I can tell you. I hope that I can go the rest of my life and say that it was my worst show. Was <laughs> I was in John Day, Oregon. John Day, Oregon. Population of roughly 1,500. Okay. I was asked to perform. At the 20th anniversary of the opening of the John Day Senior Center. That sounds like a setup for an amazing show. Oh, God, yes. So not only were these senior citizens, but they had been senior citizens for a minimum of 20 years. Wow. Yeah. I I riffed the first couple jokes being like, hey, you know, if you guys don't like my jokes, you can just turn off your hearing aid. Nah, they thought that was hysterical. And I was like, well, it's 430. I'll be quick. I know we got to get you home for to bed. Uh, They thought that was hysterical. And then I tried to tell a fart joke. They were not on board whatsoever. Oh, your mother does not like those either. Dirty jokes. And they did not go over well. They don't go over well for the over 80 crowd. (laughs) (laughs) Or the over 70 crap for your mother. It's, it's too, too real. real. It's, it's like, real. that's our too life soon. now as far as... Before we move too far away from this, since I actually did name an actual venue, yeah. can I just say, like, it, that was more like me. It was a coffee shop, open mic, yeah. where no one in the coffee shop was aware that this was about to happen. Yeah. So you've got, that's you know, doctoral student in front of a MacBook, nice lady reading a novel... And then suddenly, you know, purple hair McFunny face starts <laughs> yelling at them, like, who gave him a microphone? Why is this happening? Screaming the yeah. C word so, at the yeah, top of it. <laughs> chicken! 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, glory. Yeah, Grand Canyon was so much fun. Uh, it, I, we almost quit the tour right there, right when it started in the Grand no, Canyon. No, we... We decided I we were going <laughs> to sleep on it, remember? Yeah, you decided. <laughs> I was in tears. I was like, let's just be In our tent now. that we were sleeping on the ground. On. In, a, a, in an area that was not technically a campground. It was the p- flight zone landing path for all the helicopters. Yes. <laughs> Apparently, there are 8 million helicopters that fly over the but Grand Canyon. there were just wow. elks chilling around, which was creepy and cool. Yeah. Like, just elks just sitting there. If you could pet them. That's yeah. pretty cool. Do they like fart jokes? 
They love dart jokes. <laughs> they love were the em. only ones in the Grand Canyon that did. So can couldn't get them to go away. So were you just standing on the edge of the no, Grand Canyon, shouting no. and listening to your echo? This is the deal. We had okay. So our goal. I think I should tell it though. No, because you missed all the important details. Your <laughs> stories are so okay. long. I'll though. do it. In we're gonna like play an minutes. improv game. All okay, right, do it. So we're gonna we're gonna tell the tale. And whoever I'm pointing to is the person that continues the story for when the last person yes, left Yes, I love it. You like Can this you game? point at Sean oh. once also? I am. That was going to be part of it. <laughs> All right. This is good. This was, is so good, okay. Ryan. I'm taking Here we my go. coat off. Don't this. fuck it up. <laughs> All right. He, as he points to Sean. All right. So I will start the story. Okay. Doug and Teresa decide to do this tour. Yes. Early on in their tour, they go to the Grand Canyon. Yes. They arrive at the Grand Canyon and... Uh, we show up there early, and the venue is like about 400 people. But it's a steak and dinner restaurant, and it's supposed to be a dinner show. And uh, it's going to be families, and there's a magician that you, that's supposed to go first for the kids, and then at 10 o'clock we're supposed to go on and do our date night show. Mm-hmm. And um, the venue isn't paying us, even though it's this large show they're going to make tons and tons of money. But we lost our Arizona gig and had to do one in Arizona, so we picked this up. So that was the spot that we were going to do for the state of Arizona. Um, <laughs> but they had like some freak electrical storm that took out the magicians, all of his huge television screen that he did with his magic so they said hey can you guys do an early show and a late show during dinner and they were like do the whole four hours and um (laughs) and we're like sure and then they're like uh and then we find out that they own a hotel and they're still not going to um even put house us and um and they own a campground but they tell us well because we didn't have any money either. It was kind of a bad point in our tour. <laughs> so they're like, you can, there's an access road. You can put your tent there and come back. So we came back to do the four hour show. And we came back, and the dinner crowd starts filing in. And it's just like a busy restaurant. And we go to, hi, everybody, get on stage. And no one is listening. It's like, rah, rah. So they start <laughs> eating the steaks. And just completely ignoring us on stage. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty yeah. much That's it. But then at, at that point, the magician came in and started setting up right while we're in the middle of trying to tell our jokes. Actually, can I? Oh. No, no. Mm. Wait. Oh, that, oh, no, it's, it's Teresa's turn. No. Oh. No, I'm no, no. Sean was doing stuff. No, no. Sean. As, as he's setting this up, he's like unplugging stuff and plugging his own stuff in and testing the big screen. While while all the and luckily all the people eating steaks are just completely oblivious to everything that's happening, and most of them don't speak English. Actually, <laughs> turns out <laughs> this is true. Uh, they have multiple families, and uh, we're going around, you know, doing some crowd work, and most of them are French, which they hated us immediately. Uh. I don't know why the French, like the Germans, there were some Russians, very few of them because they're not. They don't have enough money yeah. to travel. And no, I'm still going. And they also had a rule that they had to cycle all the people through very quickly. So they were. So there was one table of Australians that loved us, and they were sitting there and they started laughing and watching the show for the whole time. And eventually they came over and told them they had to get up and leave because they needed their table. <laughs> the only so people any that jokes loved that we told or wanted to tell with callbacks 
we're totally screwed. So it was like we were into like the first hour, and we were like, well, we could just start <laughs> over again. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 it was all lots of little kids. So oh we couldn't do any farter poop jokes that the kids would, would like because it was, they were eating dinner. But we couldn't do anything remotely even innuendo-y because we would get in trouble because there was little kids from all little ages up. And then we had a um, traveling magician. There was two magicians, and the one that was doing the big stage show was there, but there was another guy that was like a table-to-table -table magician. So he's going around doing table magic. While you're a stone. Yeah, and we're dying on this giant stage, and we're dying. It's 300 people. We yeah, let's go back. 300 people, and it's just a, a busy-ass restaurant. People have just come in from the Grand Canyon. They're all sitting and talking about their whole Grand Canyon experience, and what they're supposed to have is, like, a guy who does magic, like, da-da-da-da-da-da, and it's not bothering. They can watch their dinner and eat, and then they have the table magic guy. Well... All of a sudden now it's like comedians trying to get their attention and talk. It was it it didn't go. And well. it got worse because what happened was is then we took an intermission, mm -hmm. and we thought okay we'll go up there and do like now our normal set for like adult peoples, and the whole deal was the reason we agreed to do this for no pay is they were going to advertise our he and she show. And they were going to encourage that everyone tips. And they're like, it's hundreds of people, so you'll probably make a lot of money. Yeah. So we go back out there, and it's still children. And wow. no one cares about us. Yeah. Uh, we have our tip. No one's pushed the tips. We've tried to push the tips. And we literally just gave up. We're like, we're not making any money. No one's tipping us. This is painful. We've been out here for hours. And we just left. We just left. We didn't say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> we put, we went in the back. We took our, our microphones off. They had special fancy microphones. Oh we took the microphones off. We grabbed our tip money of $2.48. I took a bus tub of steak. <laughs> <laughs> that was the other thing. Sean, <laughs> Yeah. How did this all finish, Sean? How did it, how did it end, Sean? And then we went back and spent the rest of the night in the tent the only thing keeping us off the cold, hard Grand Canyon ground were those steaks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and this was like the one of the first nights we did camping, and we didn't have an air mattress, so we slept straight on the ground. That was cold. Of like all we had was tent, and then ground. <laughs> and my tears. <laughs> and my tears. Oh, Jesus. Cried us to sleep. Yeah, we it, that was a rough start for us. We had a few shows in a row that were really hard, and that was that was one of them. The next show was great. It was an awesome show, theater show that made us enough money to go for the next week. But it was uh, that was tough. It was a lot of touch and go. Open mics yeah. don't seem so bad, now, do no. They? <laughs> there <was> no. No. <laughs> no. I'm telling. Well, we and any open mic to us now is like, hey people that'll actually listen yeah no that was the worst show of the tour the worst show ever for me i well maybe it's a runner-up it's second to that it was winnemucca nevada which That's we did so shortly bad. after last year if i could talk to past teresa yes if you'd like to <laughs> talk to past teresa again From, call in sick don't go to winnemucca don't do it somehow. i we got we uh that was bad that was that was very, very bad. We were told yeah. not to be nerdy at all, but it was all young coal miners. And oh. so I finally went dirty to try to get their attention. And uh, I went too dirty, and I got my mic cut off. And <laughs> we had to leave early because God. I went too dirty. It was a professionally like, booker book show. Yeah. 
And the booker called and chewed her for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> oh and wow. I felt really bad about it. But it was a bad situation all around. Afterwards, the show, though, it was crazy. This, as people were leaving, all the people were like, that was so funny. It was awesome. I'm yeah. like, you just witnessed the worst night of my life. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the worst God. part is, though, is this is how the guy goes up to introduce us. He's like, uh, hey, uh, I'm the I'm the booker host guy for the show. I'll introduce you guys. I go up. I did about five, ten minutes for you and warm them up. And we're like, well, okay. He does it every week. He does it every week. That's his job. Maybe he, he can be funny. So he starts to walk on stage, and you hear, boo, boo. You suck, Dale. You suck. <laughs> oh. Like, this will be this is God. He gets to the microphone, and he's, like, holding it like this. All right, guys. And I swear they were throwing shit at him, and he's like, this is what we got going on at the Gold Stakes tonight. You got the double bingo cards. You know, he does the whole spiel, right? And okay. then. And, he, and, and it takes him, like, maybe two minutes. And they're still like, boo, shut up, Dale, get off the like, stage. He doesn't address that at all. Yeah. And he goes, hey, guys, last week we had the funniest comedian we have ever, ever had here in the last 12 years of comedy. Standing ovation. Standing ovation. I bought the bar an entire, the whole crowd, a round of drinks. This guy he was, was so funny. We had him do an encore. I bought another round of drinks for everybody. He was awesome. Let's see if these guys can do the same. Welcome to the stage. Welcome to the stage, Teresa Wyckoff, everybody. Actually, they sent you up first, which was always a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He does a very passable Jeff Foxworthy. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> no. It was it was, it was bad. It, it I was mean, these bad. people were expecting something, and it was just not us. <laughs> All right. So, Sean. Oh, yes, sir. What is your worst gig ever? Uh, worst gig. Well, so I'm I'm still fairly early on. Uh, so this actually this run up to Seattle and down here to Bend has been my first actual like road gigs. So would he ha he would have to say probably the Bend <laughs> show. Oh, oh, oh! Then we I know that's not true. <laughs> so I've just had uh, really uh, if uh, you know open mics are just kind of fraught with their own special brand of horribleness that you need to just work your way through. Yeah. Like one of my my I started out doing helium which uh you know you get 120 muggles yeah. in a room which is beautiful. Yeah. I mean it's you know it's slapped amongst some of the best comics Portland has to offer and if you just show up and they don't know who you are they'll be like oh it's someone new so they'll put you on to see what you can do. Yeah. So you'll get some really good it's a very warm room very welcoming <laughs> so you get two or three of those and then they cut you off and that's you know tw 2011 i'm just like i'm gonna go be a stand-up comedian yeah so you go to comedy co and fill out the application um so then you get cut off and you're like okay so now you have to figure out like okay so i can't go here you have to start showing up at the bars and the coffee shops and so I think some of the first really demoralizing things I, I experienced, um, 
you know, getting getting pushed to the end of a 35 comic list. So it's one in the morning. Everyone <laughs> else yeah. is gone. That's fun. The host is stacking. And this isn't a generalization. This is literally what happened like my fourth or fifth time. The host is stacking chairs on the table because no one's in the showroom anymore Aww. so that they can sweep the floors after <laughs> he locks up. And I'm just telling him to the back of his uncaring head. And, but that's God. good. It's terrible. There. It kills your soul, and uh, you just yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It it, it, it like inoculates story, you away from it, so that you can get up at a really crappy like last week at the Brody Mike, which is a pretty common one in Portland. Yeah, there's you know there's like twenty comics in there, uh, and they they got they got their own worries. They're yeah. busy either looking at their notebooks or you know tweeting or trying to date each other on Tinder. <laughs> And uh, so you don't get a whole lot of reaction. And, you know, I watched a couple newer comics go up there and just have that same meltdown yeah. as they're staring into the void. And no one's like, here's this thing that sometimes people laugh at. I say it, and now there's crickets. Yeah. Which, like, that sets off the fight-or-flight reaction. You get amped up. Your your adrenaline goes nuts. And you're like, well, shit, what do I do now? Uh, you do a bunch of those, and suddenly you don't care anymore. So yeah. it's good but it's a process to get there yeah well and this ties into what i was saying your bubble what you worry about if you are early in your open mic career and you are still working on your t material writing it out doing it on stage then it does not matter how many people are in the audience because you're at a point where you just need to say your words into a microphone that is the stage that you're at. So I can understand how somebody would think that that would be crushing to them that hasn't been a part of it. But again, this is stuff that you don't realize until you're out all th already through it. So it doesn't do you any good to know. But I feel like that is that is one of those things that you just you have to experience the low in order to get the high. It's a marathon of sprints, and not all the sprints are going to be good. Yeah. Because like well, we're talking about that you know Malcolm Gladwell ten thousand hours thing. It's ten thousand hours in five to eight minute increments, or yeah. three depending on what oh mic yeah. you're at, or what you know where you're doing stage time. Yeah. And it takes a lot to to build those up. So mm -hmm. all those little sprints, they, they're not all going to be glorious, you know, chariots of fire slow mo yeah. montages. Yeah, the ten thousand hours thing. I feel like I've been cheating at that uh, <laughs> because hosting, I. This is what I love about hosting. Everybody's like, oh, hosting, that's the hardest part. I don't think I could do... No, hosting is the easiest part. All you have to do is say, welcome to the show, and remember the next comedian's name. That's it. That's all you have to do. Anything There's that happens... It's complicated to that no, than that. No, it isn't. Honestly, it, being oh. a host, that's all you have to do. Oh, you have to do. That's okay. all you have to do. So anything that happens in between those is completely up to you. You you can you can make up new jokes on the spot. You can work out some material. You can yeah. tell old jokes from way back when. But, but there's also the science of like when someone dies and falls flat, and you want to get the energy back up in the yeah. room before you give it to the next comedian. Yeah. That's that's not like hard. I mean, that's you do a good job of that, and that's comp that can be complicated for oh yeah a lot of people. The heavy lifting can be a lot of work sometimes. But if <laughs> sometimes you don't notice. It being complicated because you do it all the time and you're good at it, so you don't think about it. Do you think well, maybe that's part of it? Well, and see, that's the thing is that 
hosting is easy because there's only so much that you have to do. Mm. You don't have to go up after somebody bombs and bring the room back. You don't have to. That's true. You don't true. have to. That you is true. You don't even have to be funny. But taking on that challenge yes, is what makes you a better comedian by hosting. I see what you're saying there, Ryan. Yeah. I yes. feel like I, I again, catch 22, I, I have gotten too comfortable because I've been hosting, but hosting has made me a better comic. At the same time, I think hosting is is part of a phase of learning how to be a comedian because you oh, yeah. do the open mic and you do oh I, I want to be a host I can do that yeah. that's what you aspire to because you see that you know that's the first thing you see someone who's funny is the guy who's hosting oh I want to do that so then you do that and you have to learn there is a whole science to it to getting it right and. If you do it good, then somebody may want you to host on a big show. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of Sean's room resetting, especially at open mics. I mean, oh for sure, it's a lot of practice. A lot that. of a lot of carnage. I, I was telling, uh, I had some friends who came out to the the show tonight, and mm -hmm. I was surprised that they stayed through the open mic because I'm I'm kind of at the point where like very early on, like in 2011, I would invite friends like, hey, I'm going to an open mic, come with me, and yeah. now it's like no. Yeah, because <laughs> like athletes are amazing and they should be spectated yeah. when they're at the top of their game. But you don't go into the gym and just watch them move heavy things around no. for an hour because that's that's like it looks weird and sometimes yeah. they drop the weights and that could be kind of funny. Um, but open mics, I, I explained to them like, wow, kudos to you guys for staying because it's great when real human beings stay and watch the comics yeah. in the gym. But like. Not all the planes get off the runway, and fewer <laughs> of them make it back down. Yeah, you had some great. You're an analogy tonight. king right there. What Thank the you. hell? Yeah, you should uh, work that into your act. Write that down. <laughs> hey, what about you my should. bean sprout metaphor <laughs> earlier? That was pretty fucking no, good. That was, was good. good. <laughs> I really like that. You know With what? The ones though, that grow up in the cracks because it's it's exactly true. Like what yeah. we were talking about. It was about, so good that we just melt it in and learn from Not, it. Nothing could be said about we it. We all just owned it. We just, yeah. just were like, like there in it the is moment. what it is. That's yeah. real. You're like a Zen master. Yes. Zen yes, comedy by Ryan. <laughs> Teaching Zen comedy. Yeah. yeah. I, I have really, really profound philosophies on stuff like this. But nobody's going to look. It's like the movie Phenomenon. He suddenly has this amazing mental ability and he's like writing schematics for rockets in these notebooks. And he's just, he lives in this little podunk town and nobody knows him. He's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with all of this shit? Like, I've tried giving it to NASA. They don't want it because I'm just some nobody. So here I sit. It's because he's got Travolta's goofy face. No. Yeah, exactly. That's I was funny. thinking more Rain Man. <laughs> yeah. More Rain Man. <laughs> yeah, Rain Man. Wow. Wapner. Wapner's at four. I'm a Wapner's really good driver. Four. I'm a really good driver. My daddy lets me leave the driveway. <laughs> You've heard that before. Too many uh -oh. times. All right, so to bring it back around, Sean, another question I like to ask. Sure. And again, I like this podcast to be uh, for up-and-coming comedians, so that's why I ask these questions. And the, one of the one that I like to ask um, is a second part, which is what is the best gig that you've ever done? Ooh. The best gig? Oh, wow. There's There's been a couple of them. Most recently, I, I think uh, Seattle actually last night was, was high up there. Mm. Um, 
just supposed to say bend comedy tonight. See, you guys got that right the first time. I know. A year ago. He already used that one. He already used it for his other one. No, Seattle. Seattle was kind of special because it was it was my first like away game. It was you know I got on the tour bus and this is the second. So now it's old hat. Yeah, old. Yeah, I'm a road. I'm a road dog now. I'm a road dog. You're making a movie. I've got some peeps. I got some fans up in Seattle now. <laughs> got some fans down here in Bend. It's you know, I'm kind of I'm all over the place. He's a follower. <laughs> oh, so I'm what what was it that made it the best? Um, you so said on the road. It was it was uh, you know, rolling up to an actual honest to goodness comedy club. It wasn't you know I I've done shows in bars which are awesome, um, but you know there was an actual brick wall like you could touch the Ooh. brick wall and uh, but but going up there it was. Uh, it was a lot of fun, you know. It was it was the setting, like all the right <laughs> magic spell components were there. Like you know, yeah. I, I often tell people like you know, comedies it's it's a magic spell, and you need special reagents. You need a stool, and you need a mic stand, <laughs> and you need a dark room with a low ceiling. You need a cauldron. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the cauldron would be the stool in this case. Um, you need a wand from Ollivanders. Um, Ollivander usually suggests the Shure SM58. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> you went full nerd. <laughs> Never go full nerd. He lost me. <laughs> I made a Hunger Games reference last night. I was very pleased it went over well. I was very pleased I was. Mm. Well, there you go. <laughs> My twins joke tonight. That was the first time I've ever done that one on stage outside of an open mic. And it got a bigger laugh than I thought it would. Good for you. Because twin, who watched that movie back in the day? I didn't think anybody would get that reference. Uh, you got it. Here. <laughs> He's like, I was had kids already when that movie came out. For the theater of the mind. You know, the, the people at home. Yeah. Doug is Club. wearing a twins shirt, t-shirt right now with Arnold <laughs> and Danny yeah. DeVito on it. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say you off. The, the you said you wouldn't. That, uh, we performed in last night. Uh, had that stage has hosted. I don't know if you know some of the comedians that have performed on that stage or not, Sean. It's which, intimidating by the way, to me. Which the, the way that you want to fra- phrase this story to all of your friends is, I closed for. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, right? <laughs> We've had some big openers in New York. Some openers. Um, uh, no. Quinn. Uh, yeah. He opened for us. He opened for One us. He, d- he didn't stay <laughs> for our set. He was on this little you know? show called Saturday Night Live. He didn't have time to stay for our set, which we understand. Oh, yeah. He had He's to hit busy. it and quit it, but, you know. <laughs> But he was good, so he supported us greatly. Okay. No, uh, like that stage, Robin Williams has performed on that stage. Louis C.K. has headlined on that stage many a time. Uh, so uh, several times, actually. He even talked about it recently. Uh, Seinfeld, it's, you know, it's very historic stage. And it does give me, it's a, uh, it does give me goosebumps. We performed on it twice for our show this summer and this Last night, and it does kind of give you goosebumps when you're on a stage like that, yeah. thinking, "Who was here before?" Much like tonight, I felt the same way when I was like, "Ryan was just on this stage." <laughs> 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 I can feel the aura is still here. I think you're trying to do like this recovery thing. The now, celebrity. Or something like no, because I thought it was funny. Sometimes, Doug, we say words that people laugh at. Oh, I know so it's I, just, I was just I was just thinking about something. It just <laughs> popped into my mind. Did you guys want to get booked again here? Is that can I book you? Is that okay? Yeah, book us. <laughs> and that's now it's on record. So in 2016, <laughs> would be 
hear this. Wait, we haven't. Got <laughs> They'll be like, I wonder <laughs> if they were there in two thousand. Yeah. February. Well, we have to do this podcast a year from now. A year from now. Otherwise, so this yeah. Be, what so the fuck was the first half hour yeah. of this podcast? They kind of like push each other out as they. Build you know, out. and what if? Let's just let's just throw that out here, um, Ryan. Yeah, we'll be booked again. Uh-huh. That would be fantastic. Done. You pay people, and we'd like to get paid. I'm good at that. But most importantly, it's a fun show. We actually had people ask if we would be here next year for Valentine's. Really? Yeah, yeah. so make them happy. That's what I think. If no. you could do me a favor but of booking Sean McBride <laughs> and Sean McBride, but don't tell either of us the other one's going to be there, and it'll be like a surprise like doppelganger cage match. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. If I randomly call you one day and be like, hey, you want to come to Bend and open a show? He'll know. It'll be pretty <laughs> obvious why. So, Ryan, what you need to do is, like, invite him to several like that. So he'll Yeah, I'm just going to have you drive down from Portland on a regular basis. There you go. So the one, one of the 20 times in the next two months, he'll it'll be the it. real Sean McBride. <laughs> he'll do he'll it. He'll be opening for, yeah. So, so you just got 20 bookings right there. And You're now can we go back set. to me for a second here? I had one caveat Sorry. before I would allow it to be booked again. I just had a caveat that's it all right i don't like so caviar. The, yeah, I don't caveat. caviar either it's like a caveat it. it's it's like <laughs> it. is that like from cage <sighs> from cats you know what you can't argue with stupid no it's pronounced <laughs> no you're pronouncing <laughs> it wrong well, how am i mispronouncing chevrolet no it's not pronounced <laughs> ryan 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 i expected more of you i expected so much less <laughs> <laughs> um, no, my caveat is is that a year from now, and I'm speaking to a year from now, Teresa, <laughs> future Teresa, future Teresa, when you're famous, a year from now, because a year from now you should be. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. That's the timeline. We all should. Yeah. We all should. Or versus Sean over there. Absolutely, Sean. If not you, we'll Sean McBride, then the other. If you don't have other. a reoccurring segment on Portlandia this time next year, then you're, you're a failure. You. Yeah. You're just not trying. Your to hair's blue I'm, now I've at this point. I've actually been on Portlandia. Thank you. What? All right, yeah. you have to tell us exactly what, what episode. I'm never going <laughs> to. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's totally fine. No, no, no. All right, Teresa, go ahead. So, if I'm so Sean, <laughs> tell us about this Portlandia. <laughs> no, okay. Teresa. No, the caveat is, is if I'm famous and if Doug's with me as well still, but I'm famous. Oh, if you're famous, he's going to wow. be long wow. gone. No, he'll be with me. <laughs> No, that if we are famous, that we still come back and we still do the same show. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we'll have more jokes than different jokes. And that we'll, we'll, we, um, we have to get the same people back that yeah. we're here. So, like, if there's, like, all these other people that want to be there because we're famous, they can come too, but only after the same people that saw us before we were famous could be there. That's stupid. Never mind. So what you're saying is that you're booking two shows. Basically. You, you're, I offered <laughs> to book you again. Your rebuttal is, yeah, but we want to do two shows instead of one. Only if we're famous will we do that. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you don't, know, if we're not famous. What if famous, only you were famous? Because, I mean, come on, let's be honest here. If, <laughs> you know what... <laughs> If that's the case, although I do feel like tonight Doug was the MVP of the He and She Show team, I feel like he brought he it a little bit stronger than I did tonight. I feel sometimes I have the confidence to say that that happened. Have you ever, ever seen that? Happens so rarely. I like to it let him know when it happens. Have you seen that the yeah. poem you know. where like there's footsteps in the sand and there's just like one set of steps? You carried me. <laughs> that means I left you behind. Come on. <laughs> no, he'll be famous too, because I can't help but drag him along. No, he is funny. We're He's funny together. We are funnier together than apart, but he was funnier than me separately than I was. 
What? Yeah. Tonight. I feel like he had a better set tonight, and I have no qualms in saying it because every other night <laughs> it's usually me. I'm going to blame it on the microphone. Blame it on the microphone. You gotta yeah. yell at the sound guy, like, get this fucking thing fixed. It caused so much tension in the room that that energy you were able to parlay into a very energetic Nobody set. Nobody offend you by playing with you. With the, I just was like the monkey in the room, I th- or elephant in the uh, dryer. Yeah. Unfortunately, there are 20 speakers in that room. I know. One of them works. It's like, <laughs> and even how that, can this and do even this with all these speakers? Yeah, and even that one, apparently, as of tonight, barely works. Is it the kiss wall of sound kind of thing? Pretty like much, there's yeah. There's a whole, like, <laughs> Brian May wall of amplifiers. So if you're listening yeah. out the there. One the yeah. Three of them just shoot flames. <laughs> out there in the interwebs, if you're listening to this, it's very important that you come check out Ben Comedy Show so you can see this wall. Of, <laughs> of speakers. Speaker. Kiss wall of speakers. It needs to be speakers. seen to be understood and believed. Yeah. So you can, should come to shows. Which, by the way, you do a brilliant job of, like, your promotional marketing stuff is so well, fun you. and yeah, great. Great ideas. We actually specialize in that. And we were impressed with some of your stuff. Oh, you oh, are you. extra specialized. Smart. I love the idea of he gives away. He the They follow their ticket. Facebook friends and they see when it's your birthday and then they give you a ticket. Yep. It's almost stalkerish. It is, but in a wonderful way. You've taken stalker to a pretty place. Here's where it gets interesting. Oh. Um, <coughs> is if you give us your social security number, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you a new car. For just three easy payments. Nineteen ninety-five. It was. It was roughly a year ago. Um, I can't remember which comedian it was. I think it just said Ben Comedy Show. Uh, but the source is a newspaper here. Yes. That's a pretty big deal. Very artsy fartsy. Um, almost more popular than the actual newspaper. Uh, you guys got pick of the week. It was awesome to yes. see that. Very, ex- we were very excited. Yeah, yeah so nice. we had a good crowd tonight. Yeah, packed house. Packed yeah. house. Um, I I keep complaining to the venue. They need to buy more chairs. Uh, because the we actually did a huge show uh, back in September, and we had to borrow chairs from another venue, and it was still standing room only. Really? Yeah. Now I'm jealous. I was so proud, and now I'm jealous. Did yeah. you see how that switches? Yeah. It's the insecurity of a comedian. Well, and it was it was our it was a all local show. It was our ladies showcase. Well, so we there had you go. local females. One works at the hospital, which is one of the top ten businesses in Central Oregon. Uh, one of the top ten employers. Um, another one works at Target, so she has a bunch of people that come. Um, and it's just everybody came because they wanted to see somebody. Specific. Like Karen was one of them. Yes. And she is a She's huge funny. part of the She's theater, comedy, improv uh, side of Ben. She's a funny lady. Oh, she God, did a yes. great job tonight. Yeah. Nice we tight set. Yeah. She had a very tight set. Very tight. So she was tight. a little lame tonight. <laughs> but I think that was just her broken leg. You know, that's uh, the third bro- broken that's the third s- person we've had. We had two people on crutches last night. Yes, and one tonight on our show. What? What's going to happen we're tomorrow? We're, yeah, it was started out as a Valentine's tour. Now it's the broken, the broken <laughs> tour. Broken limbs don't fit my lifestyle. This broken does not comedian. work. I can't. I can't do the circus. My circus arts with broken limbs. Well, so let's maybe talk about that. Let's talk well, about Sean's circus arts. Yeah, but Tell see, here's the it. thing: is that you're not just circus. You are sexually active vegan open mic circus. <laughs> sexual positive. Se- what is it? Positive. Se- what is it? Active. Sex positive. It's yeah. Sex positive, gentle, loving play. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> sex positive vegan open mic circus, which obviously eats a lot of your time up. No, he seriously is in the circus, though. Tell us about it. 
I'm not in the circus. I, I, I hang out with a community of circus arts performers in Portland. Uh, so for the past several years, I've done trapeze and lira, which is a metal hoop. It's all Cirque du Soleil type stuff. You've ever seen people on the the silks? Oh yeah. It's 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 that type of stuff. We it's have a, the Bend Circus Center. Oh, excellent. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, if I were spending any time here, I'd probably go buddy up to those folks and, and try and use their apparatus yeah. for my gentle, loving play. Yeah, they have <laughs> fairly regular <laughs> gymnastic nights and juggling nights. I juggle. I've juggled since I was, like, five. And I haven't recently because, <clears throat> hey, comedy. Um, but I, they keep inviting me to juggling nights, and I can never make it because of comedy shows and whatnot. And I miss it. I miss the circus crowd so much. Aww. I hate I know. to tell you guys both this, but I, I actually can juggle too. Can you? Yeah, I'm really good. Am I the I only one? I can actually bounce can? juggle and I, I can cannot. juggle in the air. Yeah. I can't juggle either. The ladies? Uh, okay. Anyways. <laughs> there's there's this, uh, a very large uh, disdain between stand up comedians and jugglers because they get booked in the same places at times. <sighs> and there's always just like, oh, the juggling act. Really? I had no <laughs> idea the jugglers got booked for anything. Right, I've never <laughs> seen one. <laughs> Is it a thing? <laughs> the entire time that I juggled, <clears throat> unless it was a street corner show that I was putting on myself, um, I got paid for two gigs. One of them I did twice, and it was a, uh, I think it was the Humane Society does this medieval-themed dinner night. Oh, well, you got to have a juggler So for I that. dressed as a jester, crazy hat, stockings, pointy shoes, and everything, Sounds two so years naughty. in a row. Sean's got that outfit. <laughs> <laughs> he just wears it around. And that has nothing to do with his circus life. So no, uh, just, that's what he wears. <laughs> yeah, it's Tuesday. That's it's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the jester's hat actually is my hair. <laughs> Aww. Uh, okay, so we... Oh, we're coming up almost on two hours now. So I want to get the rest of the questions in for Sean. Oh, jeez. So... <laughs> um, Question number round. two, Sean. Yeah. Uh, so when, where you got started, your writing process. Um, uh, and I like asking about the best gig and the worst gig because I want both of them to serve as either a warning or you know an optimistic view of their future Aww. so yeah so know that there are oh. shitty gigs out there and you will survive through them but there are really good gigs out there like when you perform on the same stage that robin williams performed at in seattle yeah and th so that same letter that Teresa was talking about uh, louis ck named names and created a bit of stir amongst portland mm -hmm. uh portland's coming oh. to you because he specifically fingered I one of our clubs, the, I really the, the Hunts. Yeah, well, I, I, I use the term Heinz and the <laughs> Hunts. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, everyone wants to be Heinz, but yeah. Hunts is a perfectly serviceable catch-up. It all tastes <laughs> the same. I mean, come on. You know, but no one goes to the store and buys Hunts. Yeah, exactly. Um, you steal <laughs> it from the Elks Lodge or something. Yeah. It's left over at the barbecue. Exactly. Oh, who brought Hunts? Or they s <laughs> they send out like thousands of free tickets every month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hunts ketchup. That's what I meant. <laughs> free tickets to Hunts. Yeah. The Did you say Hunts? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, it is with an H. Um, but but abs absolutely, hunts. the you know the 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 soul crushing open mic nights are and and terrible gigs in yeah. in out of the way places. You have to work through those to get to the 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 yeah. gooey gooey center, 
and and feel the the warm loving nights like actually like tonight in Bend mm-hmm. and last night in Seattle. Yeah, Sean killed it both nights. He was really funny. Yeah, awesome. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I thought it was interesting. You went from zero to a hundred like that. Like your first, the first half of your set, you had like a, you would have like one table laugh at each joke. And I was like, okay. And then you told one joke. Everybody was on board instantly for that joke. And then the second half of your set, you had them in the palm of your hand. Yeah, the Kanye stuff really went well tonight. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think that's because he's been in the news. Oh, so everyone's God. like, oh, yeah, Kanye is an asshole. He's an asshole. And I, I, God damn it, I love him. Can, can anybody that. remember He's a day buddy. in which Kanye was not in the news? Do you remember those days? No, and I hope they never end. <laughs> I, I literally, I do. I very much love him. And people, people can say he's he's not talented. He's wildly talented, but he's also a terrible, terrible human being. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I I personally know people like that yeah, that yeah. are talented but horrible people. See, this is I feel like is Kanye falls under the full circle. To you yeah, again? he comes. A, it's the it's the Michael Jackson effect, um, which is he completely sells out arenas, million gold platinum records, horrible personal life. But every anytime his song comes on, you will listen to his music. But it's just you know stuff about personal life just kind of mess with that. Kanye, yes, I, I feel like very though, talented. Like all of us in the room that we need that little element of of him because he is a wildly great self promoter. Oh god! But like, so I'm at the point in my comedy career where I'm I'm seeking out bookers and saying, hey. I want to come do your show. Yeah. And if a lot of those bookers are also comedians that I see at open mics, like all of us sitting in the room, and so if I talk to you like an open micer and say like, yeah, you know, um, I can send you my vid. Uh, I, I I need to get a new one. I'm not super happy yeah. with what is in that vid, but it's a fairly good representation. I basically just said this smells bad. Do you want to taste it? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no, I don't want, I don't want to watch your vid. Yeah. So I mean, you need to have that like inner Kanye. So like, this is the best five minute vid in the whole goddamn universe. And I feel like it's really important that you say vid because video it takes so long to say <laughs> tape. Actually, uh, and and, and my 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 it lady friend makes fun of me because usually I say like, oh yeah, I just sent this booker a tape, and she's like, what are you eighty? <laughs> That's like, funny. Like Mandy Patinkin in Homeland. Like, let's look at the tape. None of it's tape, Mandy. <laughs> yeah. None of it's tape. <laughs> None of it's tape. It's not, it hasn't been taped for a decade They don't even now. make let's it look at the tape. But it's like, and bookers will say, like, oh, well, do you have a tape? Can you send me your tape? Mm-hmm. It's not tape. It's a, it's a YouTube link. It is, yeah. I, I, uh, I, when I, we started Ben Comedy in the itinerary, rather than saying, could you send us a video, I was like, just send us links to your social media. Covers everything. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of that stuff included. Um, which, of course, my Twitter is at Ryan Trauber, and um, mine is at <laughs> our Twitter that we that I do a lot of our show stuff is one I've had for years. So it's at Flying Waitress, which was a blog I used to do before <laughs> I was a flight attendant. When I was a flight attendant, and almost got me on Rachel Ray, Ooh. but didn't. I went for the interview thing to be do a segment on travel, yeah, repetitively. And um, it didn't go very well. That's all I'm going to say. 
Um, and I hate Rachel Ray because of it now. <laughs> wow, bitter. A little bit. No, it's not my own fault. But anyway, so if you go to at Flying Waitress, you will uh, see like updates on our, lots of our Instagram photos and updates and stuff. And um, but Facebook is where we do a lot of our stuff. So Facebook slash the He and She Show or our website, the He and She Show dot com is we have lots of fun stuff on their videos. Is my, is my blurb still on your website? Yes. Is it? <laughs> we, and if you uh, look at our website, go to the booking page, you'll see a very special quote given by by Ryan and BenComedy.com and um, special treat for you. So go check it out. The He and She Show slash, I don't know if it's a backslash or forward, forward slash. Forward yeah. slash booking. Okay. And like find Ryan. Find him on there. It was a beautiful quote. A quote that will be forever etched within our show. I felt it was a good balance between comedy and uh, Com- marketing. And complimentary yeah, as well. Complimentary. Yeah, complimentary. And it was funny. Yeah. I think it's the funniest of all of the quotes that we have about us. Damn straight. <laughs> you have won. I think we paid the appropriate amount for it. <laughs> yes, you did. Installments, monthly installments of a dollar ninety-five that we pay Ryan. Yeah, and it was worth it. I'm sure that that you are the sole reason we got any booking this summer on our tour with really? that quote. This guy, look at his Absolutely. name. Absolutely, yeah. he must. They were be like, something. we don't have time to watch videos. Let's read the quotes, and that one's okay. That one. <laughs> That's that that one. quote has sold us. <laughs> that we will pay them thousands of dollars that so they will perform for us. It, w- it was the first time anybody had ever asked me for something like Aww. that. Um, there are people that'll be like, hey, you know, I know that you talked to this other booker. Could you recommend me? Yeah. I was like, well, if they ask me, like if they have an open spot and they're like, hey, can you name somebody? I was like, yeah, sure, I'll put your name in there. But nobody's ever said, hey, we need your uh, justification for our careers Okay. Well, so. it was a lot of pressure because you were the only person I asked, Ryan. Really? <laughs> it was your opinion that only mattered to me. Aww. Oh, okay. There may, may have been a little excessive. There may have been, oh, okay, there yeah. may have there been exaggerated. Been now, what the other thing that people ask you, if you would like to do that for us as well, just give our name out to all the different bookers, people. You feel free to do yeah, that, no, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone you've ever met that books things. Yes. Whether it be bar um, mitzvahs. Send all of your letters care of Hollywood president. Hollywood uh, president. <laughs> <laughs> um, Santa Monica Boulevard, 1248, Hollywood, California. Is that a thing? I don't feel like that's the same place. Um, <laughs> you know what makes it more interesting? Let's see where it goes. Numbers <laughs> see where <laughs> some directions. I, I always use Pueblo, Pueblo, Colorado, 8109. Yeah. For years, the. the uh, government publishing center was there so any kind of if you needed materials you would send to like catalog Pueblo Pueblo Colorado Colorado. and and they're still there it's a giant warehouse of publishing that's beautiful I think I think I just if I if I said it in the right meter you'd probably know it you might and you wouldn't based on age I I know exactly I know what you're talking about thank you (laughs) <laughs> thank you. You look very youthful. Why, thank you. I'm going to take that as a compliment. He is youthful. He's young. I appreciate that. Yeah. He's yeah. younger than us. Sean and I are the same age. Yeah. We are I just cover the gray with blue. And yeah. I don't have any. <laughs> That's not true. I have like at least eight or nine gray hairs. But I try to bleach them out as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah, we're the same age, Sean and I. And then Doug is much older than all of us combined. <laughs> 
He'll outlive us 82 all. 82 years old, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the Benjamin Buttons. Like he could be twins with Benji his buttons? father right the now. the BJs. Absolutely. No, it, no the B, BBs. You so don't got the BJs. It's true. You don't have that. So we lost the thread on the, the Twitter. It sounded like... Was, oh, was yes. That a yeah, sorry, Sean. Twitter things, Instagram. Oh, uh, mine, uh, fortunately, I picked this up right before the Super Bowl. Uh, it's at like a girl. <laughs> at like a girl. No, it's not. Yeah, so some people are like hashtag like a girl. I got at like a no, girl. No, you didn't. Nice. That's not real. <laughs> That's not real. I'm looking Teresa, it up. after this is done, if you could explain to him what Twitter is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean. It's like the Telegraph. I'm, I'm actually at not Sean McBride. N O T S E A N M C B R I D E. I swear to God, happened before I knew that there was another Sean McBride doing comedy. Uh, it's it's actually so it's a bit of it's it's me aping T J Miller because his is at not T J yeah. Miller. And so I was like, oh, that's, you know, I, I can't get Sean McBride on Twitter, so I just did that, except I've always, people would always misspell my name, so I love that on Twitter it says Sean McBride at not Sean McBride, so spelled correctly and then spelled not correctly. Oh my god. That's good. And now it's like I'm sorry, just more, based more on relevant. that Twitter, I have to book you with Sean McBride now. That is something <laughs> that's going to happen. He For the cage match. Before the you meta. leave tonight, that's happening. I'm booking that. Oh, <laughs> oh this, I feel like I've witnessed uh, a beautiful wow. moment. We will actually your... finally meet each other. Oh god, yeah. That'll happen. Bend comedy. We will even do a podcast about it. <laughs> that's a future episode people can listen to. And Sean, maybe he'll take you on the road then to be yeah. his uh, other Sean McBride. It's, much, it's so much easier on the print, they just have it on the poster. They just put the name. Just one and done. You yeah. could say your brothers. So, what are your other social media, Sean? <laughs> what are my other social medias? So that's really the only social media I use for comedy. However, uh, you can find me in Portlandia season two, episode nine, No Olympics. I'm in the skit Bike Valet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you want, nice if you want to reach me there, you can find me on YouTube and. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think YouTube works that way. I don't think you can communicate. Or if you just put in, you just, just leave can. comments, open and I the check episode up on Netflix and talk to me there. Um, just and then pause, the, pause it on that one frame that you're in the shot and, then and just, just talk to there me I that am. way. Just speak to me. There I, am. I, w I will hear you. I yeah. will hear um, you. And then coming up, <laughs> as far as the really good gigs, the, the, one, the next one that I'm super, super excited about is the Oregon Public House comedy show. Um, it's Tuesday, April 21st at 8 p.m. Uh, the people also on the bill with me, Laura Alcorn, Joni Quinn of the Spilt Milk Comedy Show in Portland, Alex Falcone, Late Night Action and Earthquake Hurricane, phenomenal talent, and Curtis Cook, who just got back did from SF Sketch Fest. That sounds very exciting. Does he, does he not totally realize this isn't going on <laughs> for like another year? <laughs> have you not been listening? And and this is like you, can, uh, you would be lucky you, if you this episode is posted this year. <laughs> So next, uh, are you doing a show next week? From you know? the past. Hey, What's happening tomorrow? Hey, Sean, Sean. Sean. What about next Wednesday? <laughs> next Wednesday, are you doing <laughs> like a show? Oh, next Jesus Wednesday Christ. in Portland. I'm no, it's fine. Asshole. You're not anymore. Hey. Hey. <laughs> no, it's fine. You guys need an opener. I'm available. So close. Ryan, would you like to drive up to Portland? <laughs> I would love to. Actually, would you like to drive up to Portland on Wednesday? I wouldn't. This coming Wednesday. Do you have to work? Someone I might be able to. You. We'll add him. Sean can still be allowed Sean to be on. Give you directions. It's it's uh, no, called date night. It's a showcase. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's it's no, Sean it's not McBride, your spot, Sean. supposedly, 
and supposedly, <laughs> allegedly, Sean McBride was going to be on it. He's plugging Adam Posse, fucking months from now. Uh, <laughs> Sean McBride. Andy Maine, who's so funny. She's so funny. And Lonnie Bruin and yeah. Christine Levine. I mean, this is a showcase. Yeah. Isn't this like a dream team? Yeah. And uh, Ryan, you're going to be on it if you want to. If you want to take that challenge, it might be fun for it, you. Who was you? Uh, we had so many dropouts. So. Yeah, uh, Todd Armstrong was going to do it, but he had a conflicting gig that paid him actual money. So <laughs> oh, those are the worst. Bastard chooses money over love. <laughs> no, I understand. I would do no, the same thing. It. Yeah, take it, fly yeah, birdie, go to the real money. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna name names. Will Woodruff. As at the beginning of this year, I started booking people as far out as yeah. possible, and I booked him He's not only funny. three months in advance, but he then canceled twice. Because he was offered other gigs. And he's like, sorry, I can't. I can't. I got to do this one. And I'm like, okay, I will move it. And he calls me again. I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't do that one either. Fucking Will Woodruff. He's really he's funny. Really funny. He is really funny. Yeah. He's, he's so he's funny. Next. He's going to blow up. He's yeah. He's, he's, he's a very funny. Catch him at the Salem That's Armory. That's the thing. Catch him at the Salem Armory. Sean. Sean knows his whole schedule. <laughs> He's getting pulled up right here on the phone. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, in light of that, I'd like to, to point out the lies of my husband. <laughs> uh, we he, don't have time for that. He has a Twitter account. It's at Doug Wyckoff, D-O-U-G-W-Y-C-K-O-F-F. He was tweeted as recently as four days ago. <laughs> uh, and um, he, he looks like he like tweets. A girl. More of, no, that's Tweets actually like, like a girl. No, like a girl is like literally like a thirteen-year-old girl. I looked that up as well. <laughs> you are a liar, lying pants. And uh, check him out. He tweeted four days ago. He may tweet again. <laughs> Did he tweet before that? Was that? No, he tweeted five days ago. Tweet. Five days. He tweets every five seconds. He's tweeting. I think. I think my. Facebook I'm gonna retweet that. To Twitter, Twitter, and so probably. Like so you don't even have a real conversation on here. You just auto stuff. Just Does anybody the, have a just real for the conversation fans on Twitter? To see the stuff I do. I don't know. <laughs> We're, uh, you know what? You know, in 2016, you can check us out at comedy clubs <laughs> around the country. <laughs> when this comes out, we'll be everywhere. Uh, we're going to have full booking, but I'm sure contact our Watch people. Watch our TV show. <laughs> Watch our TV show. Uh, we got a new Sitcom. movie coming out that we, we have directed, starred in. It is nominated. <laughs> it yeah. is nominated for something big. What this is, is a year from now, right? For, yeah, absolutely, uh, these Emmys. things could happen. Three Emmys and a Grammy. And, a, <laughs> and a Tony Award. Uh <laughs> for one Razzie, the stage version, Razzie, yeah. For the stage version of the movie that's coming out soon. There's a Broadway. It's we a, have an arena show that we're really though. excited about in Vegas. A residency coming up, and uh, we made we featured in the top ten of all comedians. So when this comes out in financial. ten years, we do plan on owning about fifteen to twenty comedy clubs across the country. So. Uh, Future mm. people get to work. <laughs> Teresa of tomorrow, you, you better never know get when here. This podcast the world out. of tomorrow. Possibilities <laughs> are endless. This has been some time, some time travel. Well, you know, well, it's fitting. We have the uh, sonic screwdriver from Doctor Who sitting on the table right in front That's of us. why we've traveled through time and space Probably. so many times. Yeah, Sean I, th tried I thought to that was an cigarette. And I'd like to make any <laughs> apologies. I thought that was one of those internet cigarettes. <laughs> it looks like your e cig. Um, I feel I would like to, as a caveat, 
for the rest Chevrolet, of this podcast. Chevrolet in America. If my husband has offended anyone, please email me. Let me know. We'll talk about it. Hash it out. I apologize for him in advance. There's Quit no, me. there's no hashing out. It's you printing it out and saving it for when you get into a fight and being like, well, this, well, Susie something from Minnesota said this about you, dear Teresa, your husband, blah 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 blah. The Portland comedy scene. <laughs> They got clicks there and stuff. No, they're uh, just all really funny, and we don't know any of them yet. Yeah. It's fine. No, we it's... Next week, we're going to do a bunch of mics, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Sean. We're totally yeah. going to do tons of mics. You told him we would. We're going to be there for three or four days. We are. Yeah, we're going to do... He's looking at me so sad. I'm so... I, I've angered them. I totally... I, I no, we will do lots of mics. Do it. We're on... Bored. What else have we got to do? But we're comedians. Yeah. We're addicted to this stuff. And Ryan's coming down on Wednesday to do this date night thing. Mm. All right. Well, this has been a really great show. (laughs) That was a soft maybe. That was a A soft. Let me look at my schedule. Oh my! We don't want you anymore anyway. (laughs) You can't commit to your dreams and your loves. If you can't commit to drive six hours for eight minute sets. Then uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. I have a series of things the going on that night. Wait, he seemed so positive before. Did I anger him? He's so negative now. I have a series of things. I want to. Th- I, uh, no, I would want to come perform with okay, you Okay, you know what? I have a better idea. Above sure. any of this. I have a better idea. Ryan, you when you book us. They're going to arm wrestle. No, no. This is a, an idea I'm going to throw out to you. We told you about our showcase. Next time when we come, let's do two nights. And one night we just do the showcase with all your comedians. Doing the show and She's us now hosting three shows, <laughs> and then the next night we do our show. Mm-hmm. And then what we could do the next night is I'll just sign over Bend Comedy to you guys, <laughs> and you can just run it from there. No, I thought we could. No, God, no. I'm just saying, if you want this show, will be monthly in New York City. Come you and be have your people with do her, it. Cause she'll just she'll. What will I do, sweetie? They're going to arm wrestle. They're going to arm wrestle. We're going to wrestle with our private parts Ideally speaking. Put your shirt back on. What we will do next year at the Bend Comedy Club. Ooh, I like it. We'll do a Wednesday night show. We'll have all the locals. You guys can host. Do whatever you want. We'll do a Thursday night. We will have. We will do. You guys can do your show, the He and She show. Yeah. We can bring Sean up, uh, and then Friday we will do a live podcast <gasps> with everybody. I like it. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. I think we should do all of that, and then also our show during the Bend Comedy Festival. We could do that. And also. do it all naked. There you go. No, 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 no. Uh, and I'll bring. It's a year from now. I mean, pot's gonna be legal a year from now. So what yeah, else exactly. Will be going on. Yeah. Pot sponsor the pot sponsored Bend comedy. I feel like sponsor. Bend might have a nudist community. I feel like they do. If anyone does, it's Eugene Bend or Portland or all three. <laughs> Actually, I know they, they do. already still do. The naked bike ride. Did you oh, do yeah. that this year, Sean? No, I was in Japan. Damn it. Did you do it in Japan? That's no <laughs> excuse. No, I feel like please. we've taken like four hours now of your podcast time. Yeah, how dare you fill my podcast with fun infotainment like that? I I apologize. <laughs> yeah, I, our listeners want to learn about the nudist From colony here. From my family to bend. yours. <laughs> we were just getting to the naked. There's people. a lot of snowshoers here. But does everybody snowshoe? I've had just conversations about, yeah. with four people about their lack of being able to snowshoe this year. They have yeah. to just wear their running shoes instead. But it's a good I thing know. there's no global warming. I mean, there's no snow on any of the mountains. 
but it's no a good thing warming. global warming. God not wouldn't real. let global warming happen. No, it's just a cycle. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a cycle that completely follows the emission of carbon monoxide into the environment. Yeah, but it's just a cycle. That's it. It's just a cycle. It'll come back once all the people die. Then yeah, well, it'll be yeah. fine. Well, just yeah. a cycle. You guys are so lucky I'm a bleeding heart liberal. <laughs> <laughs> See, here, here's how I am convinced that you're a bleeding heart liberal, is that you are more concerned with us knowing that you're a bleeding heart liberal wow. than, actually, than actually carrying out the agenda of liberals. Bring it. Bring it, Ryan. Throw it down. Rebuttal. What do you think I'm doing with my gentle, loving play, Vegan Sex Positive Circus? Open mic circus. We established there was an open mic. Circus. Is at this circus? It's a fundraiser we to save baby seals. It's, damn it! It's all part From of kittens. the yeah. uh, Vegan Sex Positive, Gentle, Loving Play Open Mic Circus agenda. Sean is actually a big supporter of my uh, charity that I have. Um, <laughs> We've both been working on this together a lot. Oh no, recently. I don't want to know what He's happens. He's going to be in charge of the Portland division. It's um, we're trying to find blind dogs' homes <laughs> with seeing eye people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough. You know, you have to train the people how to lead the dog around. I have no words, sweetie. <laughs> I have no words. I'm actually doing some work so email now during the your work that, uh, talking. Sean has accomplished in this. Tell him more about it, Sean. It's dogs' work. It's dogs work. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we have to say about uh, it. We're just doing what we can. You know, it's nonprofit, but you've been working like a dog. So <laughs> Your turn, Teresa. <laughs> dog on it. <laughs> <laughs> this has been so well, much fun. This has been way too much like fun. To call that just beautiful. Uh, all right, let's bring this close. We talked about Twitter, Facebook, he and she show. Uh, not Sean McBride hanging out in Portland. You can find him all over the place. Yeah. Um, we'll have links and everything on Facebook to all of your whatever you guys want to put up. Yeah. There. Oh, great. A year from now. <laughs> some juggling. Yeah, some exactly. Throw some of my Burning Man pictures up there. Yeah. Of course right. you will. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <It'll, laughs> I just I picture you in like a nurse's uniform being like, Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? In heels. Yeah, in heels. And just yelling at people, I'm not gay. <laughs> I'm not. But just wearing a dress. That wouldn't be very sex positive and kind of him to be yelling that. Doug, I'm a pretty yeah. woman. <laughs> I'm afraid you probably are. I'm a afraid. Woman. You can tell he's forty six years old from Salt Lake City, Utah is where he grew up. I'm afraid. <laughs> his fear no. really what that I might fall in love with Sean because the finger slips through the toilet paper is that what you're <laughs> trying to say exactly sweetie exactly All right. any more plugs plugs bencomedy.com check it out go to their weekly shows open mics showcases national touring comedians thank you Teresa Wyckoff of the he and she show you guys are awesome you've grown immensely over the last year I can't wait to see next year so have you guys I'm excited to do this again next year coming to your open mic tonight you have a very beautiful scene here yeah You're seeing the people and I, I talked to one of the folks that just started last October yeah and she's and fantastic they were great yeah so 
they're moving along at a, at a very nice pace. Yeah. Even though they're little fresh pea pods growing in a pot, <laughs> at least they're growing. They it's because they're growing. being nurtured and loved, yeah. tenderheartedly stroked by Ryan. Whack them down and <laughs> throw them to the wild. Well, this, this oh particular person I've invited up to Portland, like, come do mics up in Portland so they can be crushed before they can yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're too good. Come with me. Come yeah. with me. Let me crush your dreams. See, to the box of horrors. That's the other catch twenty two is once these comedians leave Bend and go out into the real world, either they're going to have a very quick realization of what real life comedy is, or they're gonna be completely crushed, period. Uh so I'm excited to see how that goes. Yeah. It's very exciting. Well, when you can truly crush someone's spirit, I mean, that's just when you've made it. The joy uh, if anybody can do that, Portland can. <laughs> it just makes you feel so much better on the inside. You're like, I'm better than you, and you can't do it. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's why we all do it, right? Is that what you say to <laughs> Teresa every night before you go to bed? <laughs> but bam, bam. Right as she falls asleep, I whisper. <laughs> In my ear. I'm better than you. They laugh at me. <laughs> oh, and I just say, yeah, baby, it's true, because we know it's not true, but I want him to feel like, I want to build his confidence. Yeah. Every woman has to do that for their man. She's my George. Although tonight you were the MVP of the night. I'm her Lenny, and she's my George. Yep. I, I can't remember which one's which. Am I the little retarded one, the giant one that crushes the animals? No. <laughs> That's no. you? That would be me. Okay, I like that then. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, we're slowing down. Any anything else? No. Let's All right, that's it. Thank you very much. Thank Everybody, you. say goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye everyone. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Bye. past Teresa. Hello, future <laughs> <laughs> Teresa. <laughs> goodbye. Don't look into the time portal. <laughs>